Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves to beat dirty leads. Ah, well, the 16-year wait was worth it. One of our oldest rivals returned and in truth gave us a bit of a scare. But Chelsea turned it round and ran Leeds with an emphatic 3-1 win. And in truth, it could have been far more. A great all-round team performance, and Frank Lampard in particular needs praise for outthinking the much-lauded tactical genius that is Bielsa. So, that's Guardiola, Klopp, Mourinho and now Bielsa that Frank has bettered. He clearly has no idea what he's doing tactically. Uh, of course, the other great return was that of the 2,000 Chelsea supporters who were lucky enough to go there. Uh, and uh, they absolutely, completely and utterly did us, who were not able to be there, very, very proud. A great day! And I've not felt this good after a game that I've not actually been at for quite a while. Uh, so, Chelsea Fangast number 774. Dirty leads, done dirt cheap. <laughs> for which I owe a massive, massive thank you to one of our guests tonight. But before that, as uh, honour and tradition befits, uh, the introduction for the right honourable uh, holder of the privy seal, or just the privy, Mr Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> privy as in Lou, is that right? No, privy as in you have secrets close to your chest, of course. Oh, my dear chap. What a joy to be on the show after Isn't such it? a fantastic win and with such great, great guests who I'm looking for a, a corker of a show tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's bloody lovely, isn't it, when we win? Oh, I love oh, it. I love it. I was oh. saying, saying that. Anyway, I shall introduce our other guest. No, no, wait, 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 wait! One of the mainstays of the Chelsea fancast. I'm absolutely delighted and privileged to say that. He's one of my favourite people as Chelsea, as he well knows. Uh, but so wonderful to see him in rude health, Mr. Marco Warrell. Buonasera, amici. Yeah, baby. Great to see you, man. You're looking well. I feel okay. I'm still, still having a few challenges in the sleep department. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, you'll get there, mate. Don't you worry. In the end, yeah, you'll get there. Now, uh, it's, a, it's not only it's a tale of two marks tonight because we've also got uh, one of our, our newcomers, but one of our faves, without a doubt, Mr. Mark Meehan. We've got two marks on the show, or Marco and a Mark. So from now on, it'll be Marco and Mark. But of course, these two proper old school, massive writers in the Chelsea community. I mean, Jonathan, we're we're like we should just go home, mate. Leave it to these two. I think. Well, actually, I'm thinking of going off for a lie down if that's okay. <laughs> Let them get on with it. Can we do that? Are we allowed? I, nobody would notice if we did, mate. I'm, I'm absolutely no, positive no, of that. Absolutely. But well, well I tell you what, I could record myself just going, oh, yeah, okay. 
just yeah. and it just insert it. Could, you could email it to me and I'll just play it in. Yeah, yes, you, know, you could. Yeah, That'd be yeah, great. Well, let's do that then. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah, definitely. Mark, lovely to see you, mate. You're looking very well. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Chidge. It could be a bit of a challenge for you tonight. Well, obviously, with Mark and Mark, um, so your hosting skills will sort of no, come no. into Marco question. and Mark. Easy. Fine, that'll do. Easy. Can you call me, can you call me Jono? Time, yeah. Can the last I be time Jono? I was in a Mark Mark was when I met Eric Hall, who passed away last week. And I, I was with someone else called Mark when I did an interview with Eric Hall. And he said, Mark, Mark. I said, yeah. He said, is that a dog with a hair lip? <laughs> monster 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 mark yeah rest in peace eric Hall. we didn't do that actually when uh when that all kind of happened a few weeks ago he was dennis wise's agent of course for those of you who know these kind of things uh which bizarrely i do but there you go now he was uh, a talk radio host as well was he yep he was on talk radio god he yep. was not he good memory mate anyway what's that he got the Sex Pistols onto today's show with Bill Grundy. Yeah, I knew that. Anyway, enough, enough. Let me get on. Uh, right, on the show tonight, we applaud Chelsea's winning mentality and work ethic. And while we should have finished off more of the chances we created, hallelujah, we're scoring from set pieces with a delightful frequency. Uh, in part two, we ask, with Frank's success against elite managers, why is he not being given the credit he deserves uh, for his tactical acumen. Uh, in part three, we've got some great emails to read out. Uh, we look at the winners and losers in our Prem Predictions League. That All four of us are in the Prem Predictions League, by the way. That's a first for this show, I think. Uh, and we look ahead to Tuesday night's Champions League match against Krasnodar. Uh, and as ever, do not forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat uh, posting on the chat room, as so many of you do. Who have we got in tonight? We've got loads of people, as blimey, loads of people tonight. Kepler, Andrew Self, Planet Earth is Blue, Nobby Steelers, Matthew the American, Albert the Second, Steve Moa, Claire McConnell, Daryl. Oh, Daryl's in. He's another Prem Predictions Liga. Bert Stoltz, Kev M, Greg Gardner, Yarin Levy, Rob Coombe, Andy Silverman, English. I, I, honestly, I could spend two hours just reading you all out, so I won't. I just say it's great to see so many of you in there. As always, now after this very short interlude, we will be back for the football. So, great, great day. A great day. It was just so much fun. Like I said in the intro, I don't think I've actually enjoyed a match that I've not been at uh, like that for quite a while. It was it was just so, so good. Um, but I have to say, actually, I was talking to Mark uh, before we went on air, JK, and, and we were both wondering if it had, a, you know, it, what made the difference was we actually had a proper crowd in. It was just so good, wasn't it, to hear that, you know, Chelsea supporters at the bridge for the first time in nine months, and I thought that they were brilliant. They they were quite was, loud for 2000. Wonderful voice. It was so impressive. I don't know whether there was the but the prospect of some of them knowing that they'd be heard on television because it would be re- leaping around, so it made them go even louder. But can I, I... I know you mentioned it in your script, Chidge, but can I say that the the taunting of Lorente was a highlight for me. <laughs> Wasn't it, it was just... so funny. <laughs> 
And it was so clever. Well, got, got even clever. It just went on and on. And I thought there was a wonderful moment where he picked the ball up completely unchallenged, just hit it straight to a Chelsea player. And there was a kind of, but high-pitched, accompanying it. Because he went oh. he went down like a girl, didn't he? So It was completely ridiculous, absolutely, which yeah. was beautifully spotted. But the fact that it went on and on and on was was so sort of typical Chelsea. That's typical. brilliant. Absolutely oh, brilliant. Absolute, we loved it. I, I couldn't stop laughing every single time uh, it happened. I just thought, but also the uh, yeah the um, the singing was just fantastic. Oh, it was it was great. And also I kind of you know I'm shooting my bolt here, but I thought we were great. Yeah. All right. We'll get on to how great we were in a no, minute. I'm allowed to say that though, aren't yeah. I? Because I I mean oh, oh god. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to hear what Marco and Mark think about the crowd being in because I think it's a big yeah. thing. It's a big thing. I mean, Marco, I, I watched the uh, the West Ham uh, United game before ours, and y- y- you know that you couldn't hear a peep out of the West Ham fans. And I was thinking, oh god, it's going to be awful. But we were loud, mate. We sang a lot. We were loud. It was great. I, th- I think it was um, obviously tactically a shrewd move to have the majority of the supporters in the West Stand on that side because the, the noise just carries straight out on, onto the pitch. So I think that had quite a bit to do with um, the fact that the, the audio that, that we picked up watching it um, made, made it sound so much better. I think, you know, kind of like the London Stadium, the acoustics in there, um, probably Leaving rubbish. A lot to be desired. Right. Rubbish. A lot to be desired. Yes, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm getting grief. I'm getting grief on Mixler from Claire McConnell. Uh, went down like a girl, Chidge? Question mark, question mark, question Well, OK, how did the stupid prick go down then? Please answer on Mixler very soon and I will read it out. Mark, what do you think of the crowd? I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I love the humour, the spontaneity of that piss take of Lorente. And that's what you get when you have people in the ground. And I think also, because there was only 2,000 and the way the lottery system works... That's their only game potentially for quite a while. So I think there was that bit, if I'm here, I'm really going to make the most of it. And the noise was tremendous. Like I, I watched most of the games over the weekend. And that contrast between you know, the Sheffield United game yesterday with no fans because they're in tier three and that fake sound noise that we've sadly got used to over the last few months with proper noise by real fans creating a real atmosphere. There was only 2,000 of them, but they made a hell of a lot of noise for 2,000 people. Fair play to each and every one of them for the noise they made. It made a real difference. You could hear it through clearly on your TV screen. As you say, Mark, there would never have been any specific beating of a player with the fake yeah. noise, because yeah. they obviously wouldn't have anybody saying, oh, we better have a go at him then. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it was the songs. The songs they were singing, like when Leeds scored one nil, and you still don't sing. Yeah, that was one you take away. That was that was, I agree. <laughs> I agree. That was. Completely there was honestly, there were so few of them in there. They, they, you know, even the came in a taxi would have been fruitless, really, wouldn't it? I've Is got some. I've got drill? you what? Is there a fire? Drill? Is there a fire drill? <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Breaking news. I've now got some better variants on me clearly being a sexist, misogynist pig and saying that. <laughs> Lorente went down like a girl. This is what I love about the Chelsea fan cast, and this is what I love about Mixler. These people in the Mixler are legends. I, I, I shout out, okay, tell me what I am supposed to call them, and I've got a flood of responses already. Uh, Benny the Blue went down like a... I'll get you lot to vote on the best one, shall I? Benny the Blue went down like a waterfall, 
Andy the Hutch, like a girl. Andy, you'll get me in trouble and you again. Uh, went, uh, Bob Uzere, went down like a scouse tart. I quite like that. Uh, English Dan, Dan says, went down like he channeled his inner Robert Perez. I quite like that. Claire McConnell, like a wheel sapling in a... Like a wheel sapling? What's a wheel sapling? Anyway, like a wheel sapling in a tiny breeze. A weak sapling. Yes, that's good. Uh, and... um. Yeah, well, Steve Mayer went down like a wet girl's blouse. Andy Hutch has come back with a better variant, like a whore's knickers. I like that. That's probably very un-PC, though. Uh, we had a right... Uh, la, 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 English Dan, like a lady of the night. And that's already been done. Oh, Brian Justman. Brian Justman, he's he's quoted me back from years ago. I used to come out with this every show. Like Paris Hilton in night vision. Very good, Brian. Wow. So, OK, I'll leave it to you guys. What's the best one out of that lot? Oh, Paris Hilton, without a doubt. Okay, you like Paris Hilton, Mark? I like the wet sapling. You like the wet weeks, weak sapling, uh, weak sapling, weak sapling, Mark. Like I'm all for florid language, so I will also go with the weak sapling. Okay, there you go, Claire. You win. You were right. I was wrong. Uh, rest easy, everybody. Okay, now, yeah, it was great to see the crowd back. Bottom line. Now, getting on to the game. Um, Bloody hell, didn't expect that, really. Uh, although I did expect, as we all know, in fact, there are people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that I said that Patrick Bamford was nailed on to score. If only I'd put some bloody money on it, but score he did. Uh, and, of course, then that horrible statistic. I think Sky hate Chelsea, don't they? It's my only conclusion. They then immediately put up a statistic saying that under Bielsa, Leeds have won all 25 games in which they'd taken the lead. Uh, it was it was kind of because we started so well and yet it was a poor goal to concede, and I thought we looked a bit unsettled and we were struggling with their with their press for quite a while. But I was really impressed uh, with how they we gained control. And I mean, obviously we batted them in the second half, J.K. But it was a bit of a it was tough. They're a good side, Leeds, aren't they? Well, I, I keep watching them and just thinking, when are they going to run out of energy? Because you can't keep. There was one moment when. Um, uh, I think Kurt got the ball and it'd been patted around a bit. And then three men were on him and he had to pass it back again off uh, to the, the immaculate Silver. Silver is just quite phenomenal. And um, uh, I was thinking at the time, uh, um, I don't know how they're going to keep this up. And I really don't. I, I've, I found I had great satisfaction in the knowledge that we'd scored a lot of goals in the second half. But yes, there was a period where I thought that every break that they would just that this, all of them would push their tiny little legs up into the penalty area and there'd be seven people there and that we'd wilt. But the defence and the, the defence is very, very strong in comparison to other seasons, not even other other um, matches under Frank. Other, I think this is a this is a terrifically drilled setup now. I think he's done everything we were worried about that he wouldn't do, which he's he's got them working on every level. Um, and and some and some we have to mustn't forget some players are completely playing outstandingly at the moment and James is just absolutely at the top of his game quite phenomenal I was really um, impressed with the winning mentality JK because no, I mean no, we, we yeah, struggled a bit last yeah. year didn't we no we did we, we absolutely we well uh, but the number of chances that we create and the 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 just the speed of it all I can't I keep thinking all right well I'm 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 almost I'm almost dredging up feelings of we're gonna we're gonna just give up or they're gonna score another lucky goal and we'll be two down with this team i keep thinking actually this is absurd so my heart keeps saying oh help we're gonna we're not gonna do well and then logically you think actually they're very playing very well they're passing the ball very well they, they're creating chance after chance 
they're going to score. Were you worried when we went 1-0 down or did you think, nah, we'll be all right? No, I thought we'd be all right. Because despite the profligacy, this is the one problem I think we've got. You know, we had 23 shots, didn't we? Of which 10 were on target, which is phenomenal. And the the profligacy at the moment, I'm afraid, is around Werner, who... um, we'll get on to the chances in a minute. We'll get on to that specifically wanna, I, yeah, later. I just wanna... but, but yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, I know I'm, I'm. Uh, there was a little period where yes, I thought they. You're like a pop- kid in a candy store, mate. I know, I know. You I'm, can't I'm, help I'm it. Pick, I can't. Well, also because of the joy of beating the bastards. The yeah. joy. I don't. Well, I don't think. And I'm trying to get get it across to people who don't who who not not didn't see well, how we I, suffered I know, in that period. In the well, there's a there's a reason. There's a reason, here. J.K. Yeah. Why you, Marco, and Mark, and me, but certainly you three. This is not like you know. This is not a fan cast for the youth tonight. No, this is a fan cast for the more wizened, grey-haired, mature fan casters who have who have been there, seen it and done it against Leeds United, Marco. I mean, it was a shame we didn't have you on Friday, actually, Marco, because we uh, we talked a lot about the uh, the brilliant, brilliant 2012 uh, Capital One Cup match. Where, yeah. I, I mean, you know, and I, I, I really dropped a bollock by not having you on the show, to be honest, but I'd already kind of figured out I'd have you on tonight because your stories of, of that, trip are just legion mate but it's special beating Leeds isn't it always has been always will be yeah 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 no I mean, there's that <clears throat> there's a little uh video on YouTube that I put together of that trip um which encapsulates the whole drama of uh running riot in Leeds um <laughs> I think, I think I think it's it's like one of those rivalries that you know what was it sixteen years since we played them in the Premier League? Yeah, um, it's too long. Yeah, you know, for for a rivalry as hostile as as that. I mean, even you know, like every time it was the third round FA Cup draw last week, and in, inevitably, who do you want? And it's either like Leeds or Millwall. Um, but like the Millwall thing, you know, as a rivalry, isn't quite the same as the Leeds thing um, in any way, shape, or form. And I, just, you know, for me personally, even you know the Tottenham thing, <clears throat> my preference is for the Leeds rivalry because it's like it's hostile on a different level. It's visceral. Um, it's visceral, Marco. It's in your soul. It's in your yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, can I just join issue with you there? You said it's too long. To be, to <laughs> do you hate them I, so much you don't want I, them back? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to play them at all. I, I want them to suffer. I want them to stay down below, you know, Marco. I want them to be... I want them to get relegated again. I want them to get relegated again and again. I, I, I don't want actually, them to be anything near any... I feel the same a bit about Sheffield Wednesday as well, I'm afraid. I actually predicted the 3-1 scoreline in you the You did? Score. I noticed that. I noticed that. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, uh, let's hear from you. Um, I mean, as I said, I, I, I was actually... And I'm getting more... I mean, other than the, the you know, because... I'm, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here. People must think I'm, I'm, I am Mr. Anti-Football. I, I'm not. I love the way that we're playing. I love this attacking football. Wonderful. I love these skillful players. I, I love the, the ability they have to play out. I love all that. Honestly, I really do. But for me, things that count are bollocks in football, aggression, 
and also work ethic and and also as i said a minute ago the winning mentality and i think you know we moaned about it last year all the time the fact that they didn't have much leadership they would wilt you know they would throw things away and i i think this game proved under as i said i think leeds are a very good side actually and I think that they prove what a winning mentality they have. But also, Mark, the work ethic that they... I mean, they actually... I think they outrun Leeds by something like six kilometres. And nobody is nobody does that to Leeds. Fantastic. No, I, I would agree. Um, you sort of look at that side. That first half, I think Clayton and our WhatsApp group messaged us. And I think he said, God, they were good. Yeah, and that first half, they were relentlessly... That makes the, the win even all the more better. Yeah. Because we be, a, a, you know, in the second half, we, we just shut the game down and we were far yeah, better. In that first half, they're probably the best side we played this season. So if you're a Leeds fan watching that, yeah, they take the lead and end up on, on the end of a 3-1 beating, which could have been more in the end. 6-1. It's even more, more enjoyable as, as, as a Chelsea fan point of view. thing I'll point out about the goal, I know people sort of saying it was a poor goal to concede. I actually thought it was a good goal. Yeah. You know, you know I thought Bamford got a good goal there. I don't know whether Great it was... Great ball Phillip, by Phillips. A great ball by Phillips. You know, the space between Zuma... And silver was just perfect that Bamford moved into, you know. So I thought I thought it was a good goal. You could say, oh, it's Mendy fault. No, it was, it was a good goal. But putting that stat on Sky, and I just thought that was perfect. You know, actually, we're going to break that now. You know, so I didn't see that as a negative Sky. I took it as a positive. I thought putting that stat up, that stat was there to be beaten. And I think the other thing, when I saw your sort of um, headline today about outran Leeds, you know, I was sort of, <laughs> you know what I meant. You know, I thought we're going back to the eighties, and then we'd have another ACDC title. If you want blood, <laughs> got it. Kicked in the teeth again. Can I say about rock? We salute you. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like it, like it. Can just... I just say about Mendy? Yeah, for a of course you can. I thought Mendy had an opportunity. Well, I think Kepper had been in goal would have taken Bamford down. Yeah. And uh, and then been uh, been sent off. Yeah, I just felt that that it was absolutely tailor made for that. And Mendy just let him go. It was really interesting. He actually made a decision. He's got past me. I'm not going to do any kind of ridiculous last ditch tackle. Uh, I've given in to this, which is absolutely sensible. great. Sensible. May have scored. So absolutely sensible. It was, it was a, a, a it, it may have been a goal, but you thought, hang on, you've made a decision there. It's absolutely mm. right. Teacup, J.K. Teacup. Teacup. Thinking clearly under pressure, mate. That's what won England, the Rugby World Cup in 2003. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thinking clearly under pressure. bit like me when I do the fan cast, mate. I'm full of teacup, me. Can I, can I just say as well that to me, what you were saying about the effort and the, the desire for the clever Chidge. Chidge is doing an impression of a teapot, everybody. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, but, but well done. Can I just say... <laughs> Can I, can I just say that the the about for JK, me, JK there, I'm impressed. <laughs> no, I was admiring. I was admiring it, Chidge. I felt it ought, I felt it ought to be mentioned. You know? with, 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 I felt that the the final goal summed it all up for me, because the effort required the the excellence of playing the ball out as they did from achieve from from getting it in their own just outside the penalty area as it was, except in the corner. Then Kovacic's drive forward. The, the pass to Werner, Werner's unbelievable speed at getting it and determination, which is absolutely, he is phenomenal at that. But you just think he'll do that at some stage of the game and create a goal. His brilliant look up and pass across. And then Pulisic having run the, the, the desire to get to the goal and score. Great finish. Absolutely phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> phenomenal goal. And it sums up everything to do with 
effort, um, attempt, just brilliance of attempting to get another goal in the last few minutes to put it, put it out of place, but also scoring a goal out of nothing. Absolutely brilliant goal. Mm, interesting stuff. Now, Marco, first goal, uh, Oli Giroud. Um, there was a, quite a lot of conjecture last week about you know, whether he should start or not. Um, you know, he'd scored four goals against Sevilla, looked fantastic. But we we're not we're never you know, we're not quite sure how much mileage he's got in his legs. Frank uh, I mean I suppose in a sense you could say he made you know, there were a lot of people we were saying it too, you know, you could make a good case for Tammy Abraham starting because you could hit leads on the break. You could make a great case for starting Werner in the middle because we could hit them on the break. I made the case that we could um damage leads aerially so either Tammy or uh, Giroud would be a good choice. But Frank, fair play to him. He picked the man in form, didn't let us down again. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the, the interesting thing, you know, with Giroud, he, he's a player that, that's done it all, that, you know, has, has got the guile. He's still, you know, he's still got the pace. I mean, if you look, he's, he scored that perfect hat-trick and a penalty to boot against... Um, uh, severe, and, you, and you, you don't do that, you know, to score a, um, a left foot, right foot header, which are backed at 12 to 1, which was nice. Um, but you, you know, you don't do those things if you're just sort of like a fox in the box and and that's it. You know, his goals were crafted goals, um, and you know, that that is why he's he's you know, remains the number one pick for France up front and has done all, all the way along. Um, you know, and I, I take my hat off to the fella because, you know, if you look at the way he was kind of overlooked for, that he has been overlooked for periods of his career as a Chelsea player, and he's never really complained about it. Um, you know, he meets up with N'Golo and they go cycling together or whatever it is they do together um you know he's, he's just a, a solid pro guy uh dedicated to his art and you know obviously keeps himself very very fit so you know i mean look at look at zlatan zlatan is still pinging them in he's nearly 70 isn't he for god's sake <laughs> so you know Giroud. He's not doing anything that I wouldn't expect him to do, and I think I think it's brilliant for people like Werner and Tammy to to be able to you know train with him, watch what he's doing, see see the way he takes his goals close up. You know, all of that is is really you know to have somebody like that in the dressing room. I think it's brilliant. Um, you know, and, and obviously with what's happened, he's clearly not despite Antonio Conte making overtures, he's not going anywhere in January. And, um, you know, his, his kind of swan song will be um, the Euros next summer. And I guess it probably, you know, he may well leave Chelsea at the end of the season, but what a brilliant career he's had for us. Yeah, I, I get that. I think he, I think he, you know, this is the thing, isn't it? It's the lovely thing about old pros, Mark, who've been around the game. They know the game so well, and he's such a professional. And I think he's, he smelt, smelt the, uh, the, uh, the, the beautiful smell of uh, potential success at this club again. And he knows that. And I think he's thinking, well, oh, this is, this is, pro-. I mean, there's a, there's a case to be made 
that this is the best Chelsea team that he's played in. Yeah. If you think, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you into a secret. Marco hasn't seen my CFC UK article, hasn't he? Have you not seen any of them, Marco? I don't think he has. But he has literally covered my CFC UK, UK article. I think it's probably going to be out for the Krasnodar game tomorrow night. All the stuff Marco's just said, I've wrote about Giroud because I literally wrote it after the game last week. You know about the goals he scored, the type of player here he is, the role model he is to Abraham and Werner. And yes, he had to play on Saturday against Leeds. And no, we cannot possibly sell him in the transfer window. He has to stay. Yeah, he, he is playing some terrific football for us at the Wonderful. moment. So pleased that Lampard picked him and justified with him scoring on Saturday. Yeah, having the time of his life at Chelsea at the moment. And again, his former club, you know, <laughs> they, keep, they, keep, they keep selling, giving oh. these brilliant players to us. And, you know, unfortunately, what we give them in return doesn't always oh, work out for them. My heart's bleeding for them. Um, JK, sorry, go on, mate. Go on, go on. I love the fact that when he scored the goal, he pummeled the badge. Did you notice that? He absolutely hit the badge. Really. And I thought, God, you, 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 you agree completely. I think he sees the way this team is going. I also don't get this annoying thing that Deschamps does every time of saying, well, if you don't play, I'm not going to pick you. And then he picks him regardless, and he scores two goals. How can you possibly not pick I, I've him never that? liked Deschamps. I've got to be honest. I know he well, played for us, but... He, well, no, he didn't. I don't think he... He didn't enjoy his time no. with playing for us. He didn't enjoy being being kicked by... Um, who was that Bradford centre-forward who then played for Oxford? What was Windass. Windass. Windass, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was up at Bradford, I remember. and the Fat the Northern got, bastard, the you're just a fat Northern bastard. I remember singing that at him. And I remember he got... Deschamps got the ball from the very beginning of the game and Windass just completely felled him. And yeah. the referee ignored it. I think part of it was that the referee was almost, you know, you know, give it a kind of, give it a moment, you know, give it, it's okay. You know, it's it. We're up north. It's fine. No problem here. Fair tackle. And then Deschamps is crippled lying on the floor. And that was, you know, you just thought, I don't think he likes it, Deschamps, playing football for He Chelsea. don't like it up and mate. Yeah. And as I said, he gave um O'Leary tried to shake his. I went to yeah, yeah, his, no, I remember, and I remember, then he yeah, thumbed his nose at him yeah. in the in the the nil nil nine. You you we only had nine men. That's right. Game. That's right, Mark. No, certainly on Deschamps. The, the only time I met him, I met him after the uh, FA Cup final and probably Viali's last few months as manager. And yeah, you know, you're there as a Chelsea fan, sort of like delighted we won the FA Cup again. Uh, and he was there with Leboeuf and Desailly, and they were as miserable as sin. He thought we've won the FA Cup. I know it wasn't a great game beating Villa 1-0, but we as fans, and I just thought, what a miserable sod. Yeah, you know, once you've won the World Cup, Mark, you know. I mean it's a bit but like it's a bit, you know, when you've been on the Chelsea the fan cast, you know, Cup. going on other podcasts just ain't the same, mate. You know, we all know that. Um anyway, um talking of Giroud, uh what you're you're giggling, JK. What are you giggling at? <laughs> About that. What? what you just said by going on to any other podcast. It's like a it was like a dreadful warning. Meow. It was like, yeah, it was also like saying, anybody, anybody else want to go on another podcast? Mm. Well, so far, so far this week, I've had, I've had Dean Mears in my face about yeah. uh, being on the Chelsea pod, whatever they're called. Uh, well, thank you, boys, by the way. They're, they're good lads. And, uh, and Clayton was on London is Blue yesterday. So uh, uh, I'm just being a bit catty. I'm allowed to be at my age. Anyway, um, where was I? Yes, uh, creating chances, not finishing them. Right, we created seven big. I love, I love the way the these like you know Opta and uh, Squawk, Squawk or whatever they're called. They, I love the way that they they they, they phrase things. 
right? Because just listen, this is a direct quote from one of them. I can't remember which one it was. Created seven big chances, but not small chances, not half chances, big chances against Leeds today. Uh, that's the most against any team or our most against any team in all competitions this season. So we had 23 shots for, uh, eight against, uh, and of those, 10 were on target, only three were on target against. Now, I, 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 as you know, I do little match notes now, and Marco's now found out that I always nick his uh, half-time thoughts because I like them. And I include them in my notes. So there you go. A little homage to you, even when you're not with us today or, or, or on other shows. Right. So um, I've made a note of these. Ziyech and uh, Giroud both went close, I think, before Leeds even uh, scored. Werner hit the bar. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Giroud intercepts, but shanks it past the post. Havertz goes close with a header. This is the second half by now, I think. That was from the free kick. Triple save from the keeper from both Werner and Mount. Giroud, Giroud goes close, uh, but it kind of hit him rather than him kicking it. Werner missed another sitter. Uh, Giroud put one over the bar from a corner, which he really should have scored. Uh, and then uh, Werner put Tammy through and he put it past the post. So, JK, I mean, I don't think I've, I... I mean, we, we created so many chances. But, I mean, do you, do you worry at all that we, that we missed quite a lot? Because, I mean, a lot of them were like, you know, should have scored them, really. Not like Spurs last week, where they really were... Slim pickings, to be honest, because they defended so well. These were clear chances, I thought. Well, I thought that the 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 smothering of Son and Kane was was revealing yeah, that, yeah. how brilliant tactically it was with the the weekend with them just being let off the hook by Arsenal, who are poor, obviously, but nonetheless they just let them. They you know scored two goals and that was the end of that. Um, uh, yes, of course one of course one worries, particularly since it's the 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 major miscreant is. Uh, is Werner, who just appears to, um, um, he doesn't get a case of the yips. You just think, you think he's there. He's in a great position. He's a, he, he's a wonderful footballer. He just gets into great positions and um, is so speedy. And you just want to, you know, when he's in front of goal, you think, yes, he must score. So I'm confused as to why he keeps hitting the goalkeeper or shanking it. You just think, well, and the, uh, and the, the, um, the Giroud header, which he managed to, uh, um, uh, miscontrol um, rather than let it go into the net. I'm not convinced it would have gone into the net. I think it might have hit the post. But then the second attempt hit it against the bar was um, really weird, bizarre to say the least. But he, 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 I suppose you've got to, once again, the positives are that I, he'll create something in every game. He's so good. Um, but I think with Giroud there, if he, if he keeps the combination up, we'll score many more. Um, uh, and if he happens to then find his boots I think he'll score uh, uh, you know he'll get to 20 goals without any problem whatsoever uh, I think and I think that that um, it was unfortunate that Ziyech got injured just after he'd set up the uh, the first cross for James for the goal but Pulisic is really absolutely you can tell he's really keen to to get back to where he was and I saw glimpses of that and it's a it's a wonderful combination I I mean I I, I look back on it at the time I was I, I keep applying this this kind of old the old thing of who oh, we're going to oh, we're going to lose we're going to lose without looking at it positively afterwards you then go actually we're a phenomenal side going forward this is a really brilliant side and yes 23 shots for goodness sake they're going to score three or four at least if you have that mm. that's why i keep predicting every week that they'll score three yeah. it's because they are so 
So the potential is so enormous. It just is a question of you wonder whether Werner needs to sit down with a, with somebody and go, no, look, you know, you know, you've got to hit the target a no, bit. Mate, or, I'm not. Know. I'm so not. I'm so not worried about him. Nor is Frank. Frank said much to you no, know what you said. said. Same, I know, yeah, but... you know, in in a press that I'm really not worried about him. But uh, Mark, take me through the uh, the miss uh, when the one where he hit the bar. I still can't figure out what on earth happened. Oh, I think it was easy to score, wasn't it? Yeah. What the bloody hell happened there? I know the keeper got a touch to it, but you know. If he could try that 99 times out of 100, he'd put it in. You know, so what the bloody hell happened there? Uh, on Werner, completely relaxed about it. On any other day, he probably would have scored a hat-trick. The fact we had 23 shots in the game, we're going to tonk someone soon um, in the Premier League, and he's probably going to score a hat-trick. You know, so I think, you know, I'm with you, completely relaxed about it. You know, what I liked about Werner, despite that, you know, if you go back, if that was Chris Sutton or Robert Fleck 20 years ago, that could have done for them, mm. you know, missing a sitter like that. Didn't let her affect him. And that moment at the end of the game where he's still pushing on the run and he sets up the goal for Pulisic, you know, I, th- I sort of think, you know, Werner will have better days in front of goal than he did on Saturday. But the fact we're creating the chances is the most important thing to me. Contrast it to last week against Tottenham and it was a bit of a lean period. So against the right team, he played... I thought they defended well, Mark. Spurs, yeah. to be really honest. No, they did, but again, it's it's a type of football you play. Yeah, and, and I think that's a credit to Leeds again. Leeds are not going to park the bus. No. And I think, you know, we will probably play that sort of game when we start playing the Man Cities at home as well, who won't park the bus. Much more open games. It makes for a better game of spectator sport. But, you know, we do find it hard to break down teams who park the bus. You know, mm. Well, historically... Historically, we have. But I think less so this season, to be honest. We're getting better. We're getting better. I mean, Spurs are, are an outlier there, I think, because I thought they, they were a very good side. And I think they, they've got Mourinho all over them, the way they shithoused their way to clutching a point last week. And you saw the contrast yesterday with Arsenal, how yeah. bad they, yeah. they dealt exactly. with Kane and Son. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mark, we did do a good job defending them. We yeah. did. Marco, um, I, I suspect, like me, one of the things you like most about Werner is that and I think both the boys have alluded to this, you know, missing sitters would fell lesser mortals. And we've seen plenty of those at Chelsea. What I like about Werner is he never gives up, mate. It doesn't matter whether it's the first minute or the 93rd. He keeps going because he has total belief in himself that he's going to do something. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think sort of going back to that Spurs game, I mean, obviously he had the ball in the net, didn't he? Um, so, you know, I, I, I think... You know, looking at the Leeds game, we won 3-1. And uh, personally, I don't care how those goals <laughs> end up in the back of the Leeds net. But the fact that we scored three and they only scored one, it, w- it wouldn't bother me if Werner missed half a dozen chances. No. Um, you know, where, where, where the issues are, uh, the, you know, the issues that we had perhaps last season where we just weren't scoring enough goals. Um you know, I, I just think we'll get. Well, there's goals everywhere in the team now, and and that's important. Um, and I think you know when when Timo, when the stars align for Timo, it will be you know him that will be racking up a hat trick or four goals. So, you know, I think the I think the other thing that's interesting is. You know, Reese James and those crosses, how good's that? Yeah, superb player, isn't he? Gets better and better. In fact, actually, talking of the defence, uh, Mark, because you and I were talking about this <clears throat> before the show, weren't we? But 
I think one of the most pleasing things is the fact that we're now, well, if this if this stat's right, we've, that was our seventh goal from a corner. We scored seven in total last season. I remember us moaning like stink all season about the fact that we couldn't we could neither score from set pieces up front or or defend them at the back. We've scored more goals from corners than anybody, four more than anybody else this season. Um, now. I'm sure there are lots of reasons for them, not not least this new guy who came in who was supposed to be the defensive coach, but I've found one which I think is perhaps the most significant. Mount is now taking the corners, not William. Yep, who knew? Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> we could take a corner and we could score from a corner and we scored again from a corner. And coming back to the point we made earlier about the fans on Saturday, lovely bit when Mason was going to take corner, the standing ovation... Yeah, you know, it felt really nice touch. Credit all the people. You won't get that with your fake, you know, crowd noise. You know, and I think that that was really important. Like, it's the people in the ground that know what a talented footballer that Mason yes, Mount is. Absolutely yeah. right. Mark. And he takes a bloody good corner. He does. Yeah. Absolutely. And he ran his bollocks off. I mean, I, I you know, you, you I mentioned him. He was fantastic. I mentioned it. I mentioned it in the notes somewhere. But this is yeah, right. Six this, kilometers with Mason Mount. Well, yeah, but I mean, right yeah. towards the end of the game, you know, and and and. You always worry, don't you? That, that you, I always get nervous when, when you know, last few minutes, you know, they might score. He ran from one side of the pitch to the other to do a block tackle uh, on on the Leeds right back to stop them from mounting an attack. No pun intended. I mean, his work ethic, his attitude, not to mention his 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 skill, is just off the scale. I mean, he is going to be. And I actually, quick plug here. Um, I've just written a, a monster, monster, monster piece on uh, on young Mason Mount for the lovely people at one nine zero five, which hopefully they'll they'll publish fairly soon. But I, I spoke to Kerry Dixon and I spoke to Jason Cundy at length about what they thought about Mason Mount. A lot of those interviews are are included in the article, but. I absolutely think he is, you know, if he stays at Chelsea and he keeps fit and, you know, all things being equal, this kid will be one of the greatest players we've had at Chelsea by the time his career's finished. I think he is. I, I can't, I cannot tell you how much I love this guy. I think he is the absolute dog's bollocks. I really do. Mason Mount, you're an absolute superstar, mate. Um, now, on that uh, joyful praise, uh, it, it only remains for me to give joyful praise to um, an old ye old Chelsea institution. Now, I'm not talking about Mark or Marco or even Jonathan. Uh, I am, of course, talking about the wonderful CFC UK, right? Which, uh, as Marco said earlier on, or Mark, uh, it's out tomorrow, next edition of it. Um, I've written something strangely esoteric. <laughs> I might text it to Marco in the break and see, see, see what his reaction is, but it's it's esoteric and then some, but uh, there will be lots of good articles uh, this month because a lot of them are going to be haranguing uh, certain members of the club for their greed at uh, fleecing supporters for 75 quid, I think. But there you go. Anyway, as you all know, you can't get it at the match. Well, I, I, that's a good point, Marco, actually. I presume, you know, even though we've got a couple of thousand fans back, the stall remains uh, locked down, yeah? Yeah, we we, we did have a, a board discussion <laughs> Regarding you and Dave, the stall, and uh, I think I think the fact that the combination of factors. I mean, like an eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night um, would never augur well for, for for the stall anyway. With you know, with with 
42,000 supporters in there, let alone two. Um, and then, you know, just kind of the, the whole restrictions. And I saw, I can't remember it was now, somebody posted a picture and tagged me and Dave in and said, sad to see no, no, no mm. only a pound and gate 17 oh, Marco. And the street was deserted. <laughs> there was literally <laughs> no one there. That would be why. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll be back, but only when it's Proper. Um, safe, safe and practical to do so. I mean, it's a, that's a really moot point, actually. And I, and I hope I'm not telling tales out of school here. If I am, I'll just edit it out on your, uh, on your say-so, Marco. But I remember for years... You know, because you got a really nasty bout of flu, and and I remember talking to you about yeah. it, and you said, oh, "I think it's because I bloody shake so many people's hands on the stool." So yeah. you you ended up. I mean, Marco actually was way as he is with so many things. It has to be said, but he was way ahead of his time because he used to stand there at the stool and he used to have the hand sanitizer there, and yeah, every and he'd be yeah. like constantly like cleaning his hands with alcoholic yeah. gel, yeah. Uh, and then people like me would drink the residue, obviously. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know, it's it's quite hazardous, really. To be fair. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm convinced that um, I, I may well have uh, been consumed by COVID uh, because I had all the symptoms and was ill for about six weeks at, at the start of the year, having spent sort of December and January, as you say, shaking hands with yeah. tourists yeah, and, exactly. and, and uh, the usual suspects as well. So, yeah, it's... Uh, hotbed of sharing germs yeah it is indeed all right now uh so we've established beyond any reasonable doubt that you're not getting the cfc uk at the store for a while but doesn't doesn't matter because you can get it uh either digitally by going to cfcuk.net or you can get it um you know basically just uh you could subscribe uh email email the fans is, is it still cfcuk at gay17.co.uk yeah i believe yeah. so so yeah. send send an email there and say you want to subscribe and then you can pay by PayPal and I think it's a couple of quid which includes the first class delivery but I mean it it, it the quality of the writing in there I mean you know we'll talk about this actually uh, later on today but so many of the people in in the fanzine have written really really good Chelsea books and the quality of the writing in the fanzine is superb throughout. And then there's my stuff, but uh, don't worry about that. Uh, anyway. Oh, uh, Chidge, no, don't do yourself down. No, no, no. I know. Well, mate, I, I do all right. I write, write. Fine article during, in, uh, in London. Um, yeah. yeah I, I am a columnist, actually, JK. I'm a columnist. I'm so sorry. Fine column. I'm a columnist. Once yeah. a week, I get paid to write a column. So there you go. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I, I, I said so. I put yeah. it on Thank you. Hi. Man of the people, mate. Yeah, man of the people, me. Anyway, uh, on that on that mic drop moment, uh, it is time for us to have a wee break. Uh, we will be back afterwards, and we're going to talk more about the Leeds match, uh, including Frank Lampard uh, and the lack of respect he gets for being bloody good tactically. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the uh, Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, Mr. Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. 
uh, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. And the absolutely wonderful Marco Waro. Buonasera. There we go. So good to hear that fine Italiano. Um, right. So we've been, we've been. I've got to say, I, I'm really enjoying the show tonight, and I knew I would because it's lovely when you've won. It's particularly lovely when you've beaten Leeds. But I have, I have. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But I have to say, um, Mark, uh, I, 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 I was actually. I mean, because we, you touched on this in, in part one, which is why I've gone to you first, really, because, you know, I thought it was really interesting watching Leeds. They're a good side. They're much better than I thought that they would be. Um, I, Bielsa, I still can't work out at all. You know, I can't work out if he's just like a better version of Sarri because their their methodology is similar. It has to be said, or, or what? But I I was impressed by them, and I have to say, I'd much rather see a team come at Chelsea and have a proper go than than what we witnessed against Spurs last week. Oh, proper proper game of football Saturday, and again another reason not just having the fans fans there, and not just because it was Leeds. Actually, to, to win a game like that was bloody good, and, and beating them even better still. Yeah, Bielsa. I know they put the camera on him a few times, like in the way he crouches down. Yeah, he's probably a bit bonkers, Bielsa. Probably you know th- thinking about him. But what I like about Bielsa, Loco. Yeah. Sorry, Marco. His nickname's El Loco. <laughs> that, that Down in Acapulco. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> well, like he's actually the commentary afterwards, where to, to his credit, he actually said the result was fair, you know, beaten by the better side, you know, no, no Mourinho type excuse or whatever. So, yeah, better side won. And again, I don't know if anyone had, but having watched the sort of Leeds United documentaries over the last couple of seasons on Channel 4, yeah, I quite like Bielsa. There's, there is something El Loco about him, you know. Um, so, yeah, good game, good side. Yeah, I think better than most people thought. But again, in the second half, I thought we shut them down. You know, so they were very good for 45 minutes, probably the best side 45 minutes this season. But in the second half, I think we, we had their measure. Yeah, and I think we justified, but I think 3-1 was a fair score at the end. We could have easily have had four. But they'll take points off teams this season if they keep playing like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, how can you not love a man who, who at his age can squat like he does, really? Uh, that impresses the shit out of me, I have to say. But uh, well, I'd struggle to do that at my age, at my age as well. Yeah. Mate, I, I, I get, right, OK, this is a, comp- a quick tangent. You know, the fan cast would not be the fan cast without a complete unrelated tangent. But I'm in agony today because uh, on Saturday, uh, you can't really see it, but it's, it's kind of uh, there. I'm pointing, they'll see. But that, 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 there's a, like a, a kind of a roof here. Ginger's um, pointing to a roof. Yes, you can't, well, actually, I'm not going to take the camera off because it'll have to put it back on. But we have what I commonly, what is commonly known in our household as the gimp room, which is basically a small, it's under the roof, right? And it's like a storage cupboard. But it's very, very long and thin, and it's got the roof kind of going down there. Now, when we had this put in, somebody designed this was an idiot. It wasn't me. But the only entrance into this is like a serving hatch. I kid you not. I can just about fit my fat waist through there. And I had to crawl through there, and it nearly killed me just getting in there to find... an impossible, Chidge. Yeah, to find... It is exactly like that. To go and find the bloody Christmas tree, because Mrs. Chidge said, right, put the Christmas tree up, then where is it? I said, oh... Oh, I think I, yeah, I think exactly, Jake. I, said, I think it's in the gimp room. She said, "Well, go and get it then." I said, "Oh, do I have to?" Because you know, I find it hard to get in there, let alone getting out. No, no, go and go and do it. 
what, so which prick in the Chigi household put the Christmas tree right at the back of the gimp room and also about 400 crates in front of it filled with, would you believe, uh, old copies of the CFC UK fanzine and Chelsea programmes? You did, Chig. Yes, it was me. So I, I ended up like lying on top of these crates and then I couldn't even get the box out because it's in a cardboard box. I had to rip the box and then piece by... Because I've got a fake one. I don't don't believe in real Christmas trees anymore. I had to pick it out. Hand, uh, I've got, I'm covered in bruises and aches and pains. Ridiculous. Can I quickly tell a, a similar story? Yeah. Which was edited out. Because nobody wants to talk about the football, obviously. Yeah, no, yes, avoid the football briefly. I um, never, decided... never let the football get in the way of the football. I had a shoulder operation, I think, as some people might have remembered. And I haven't driven my car for four months. But I thought, oh, I'm feeling all right. I, I can think I can go and reverse one of the major problems. Got in the car. I have a mini. It says things like um, uh, something comes up. Um, if you uh, don't drive this, uh, your battery is discharged. If you don't drive the car now for uh, an extended period, it will stop and your battery will be discharged. So I went, oh, OK, I'll just drive it onto a motorway somewhere. So I drove for 40 minutes up to Weybridge and back and then I drove at 90 miles an hour briefly just to get it charged and I drove all the way back felt well oh, that's really good and I've never put my back out in my life and clearly driving is something I haven't done as I haven't done it for four months that position and changing gear I then bent over and I went ah girl oh what's that oh oh so I now have a back problem I've never had a back problem I in know. my life it's nuts, but it's because it? I've never I was suddenly in a driving position which I haven't been in for four months. We're all getting you know, old, Jake. Think about it. We're getting you old, what? mate. We're getting old, mate. You know, nah, there's, there's, no, there's no denying it. Believe that, you can't turn the clock back. Now, uh, listen, what what is getting rather old, actually, is the tiresome treatment of Sir Frank of Lampard. Now, he has now beaten Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, well, twice uh, for Chelsea, but also for Man United uh, when he was at Derby. He's now beaten Bielsa, uh, I thought the Sevilla away performance, only one other English club has beaten Sevilla away, and that was Man City under Pep Guardiola. So, actually, it might have been it might have been Pellegrino, actually. But anyway, whatever. Frank has beaten the best managers in the game, the elite managers, the super managers, as they're known. All right? Not only that, uh, he's improved the defending at Chelsea palpably this season. OK, I know we've signed some decent players, but, you know, I'll, more on that in a minute. But he's improved the defending. He's got scoring from set pieces. He's found a system that gets the best out of the players while remaining tactically flexible. So 4-3-3, yeah, but he can play 3-5-2 when he needs to. Horses for courses and all of that. Now, my point about, you know, yeah, he's just bought loads of really great players. Absolutely. But he's still playing most of the youth that he, he, he broke through last season. And here's another thing. When I was a TV and a film producer, I used to think that the greatest skill of my job was to hire good people and let them do what they were good at that's what a good manager does and frank does the same with the players he's he may have spent loads of money but he's helped to identify who and what he needed and why and he's now also i think not only coaching them uh, really really well he's man managing them really really well because to keep a squad of that quality all happy and together is no mean feat and he's doing that and the other thing is I think, evidenced on, on, on how they had to play against that lead side on Saturday, they're all buying into it and doing what he wants them to do, which is just a joy to see. So here's the question, Marco. Why, why then, does he not get the credit he deserves for his clear tactical acumen and game management? But 
who by the media it? predominantly i should i should say i don't i don't include social media in that their opinion is not valid yeah, uh, by the I, media I, predominantly i've sort of noticed a, a slight sea change um in in this attitude where by um you know he is starting to get some respect that that is overdue uh you know by pundits by sort of you know the the the, the proper journalists should we say um who you know recognize what 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 he's doing i mean i don't think they're not quite going out on a limb yet, but um, I, I just think, I think it's coming, you know, and I, I think what everybody wanted to see was a bit of consistency after a, you know, fairly tetchy start. And that's what we're seeing now. Um, you know, and everybody talks about the, the, the shrewd signings, you know, and a lot of that is down to Frank. You know, Thiago Silva would not have signed for Chelsea Football Club um, had had Frank Lampard, you know, not been not been the manager. A lot of those players wouldn't have signed for Chelsea, but for Frank's persuasiveness and his standing in the game. I mean, you could arguably say that about a lot of you know younger managers who, who cut it as as a player. You know, they, they do have that that pull factor and can be persuasive. And I think it's worked with Frank, with the younger players as well, um, you know, who, who've come through. And I think everything's just coming together. You know, it's kind of like it was last season, there were no signings. And, you know, we got to the FA Cup final, finished top four, which was, which was a pretty good return, to be honest with you. And then, you know, this season... There was a bit of a wobble at the start, but it's all coming together now. And, you know, where, where this season ends up, I don't know. Um, you know, let, 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 let's just take it in bite-sized chunks. But I, I think anybody who would criticise Frank Lampard for either his tactics, his team selection, or Chelsea's style of play and results, you know, based over the last couple of months, you know, needs to give their head a wobble. Mm, totally right totally 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 right mark i mean I, I do you have anything to add to that i mean i'm sure you agree with every word of that i want to put it better myself marco uh, it's, it's lazy journalism as well you know i don't know what it is you know but frank seems to copy his fair share of it where you look at the premier league you look at other managers and they do get it to a lesser degree you know you look where we are in the table use those stats you did given Chidge about who Lampard has got the better of. Look at someone like Arteta. I don't know how Brighton is doing at the moment, but Arsenal are currently in 15th. They could drop further tonight if Brighton win. And I know he was Pep's ball boy at Man City, but there's more of a loving, you know, with the press and Arteta about what a brilliant coach he is. Well, actually, he's not doing too good at the moment, you know. So, yeah, you know, I, I, just, I just get frustrated that, you know, people just keep having a pop at Frank, you know, where, yeah, it's, I just find it so unnecessary. They'll, they'll, they'll come a turning point. You know, we might have to wait a while, but, you know, you know people recognise him for the good coach he's becoming. He's only been doing the job. For, this is his third year as a coach. He's going to make mistakes, but he's progressed far better than some long-standing coaches in the game in such a short period of time. They, they want him to fail, I think, Mark. 
Yeah, you do. Frank I think the media it okay. suits yeah. it suits their agenda. Right, if Frank failed, yeah, yeah, it suits yeah. their agenda because yeah. they bought six players, and they want them they want him to fail to make the six players work because they can then go well, you know, it, so what he he bought some some excellent players, but he hasn't made them fit in. It doesn't fit their plan that Chelsea actually become terrific and win the title. I mean, even the question was asked again on match of the day. Two, are they contenders? And the two pundits were, yeah, I think they might be. I mean, of course they're contenders. Who, who was on? We're talking about, um, uh, I can't remember, um, uh, uh, Je- Genus and um, and uh, one other Spurs, um, ex-Spurs player. Murphy, maybe? Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Murphy, I don't think, on last night. But um, regardless, but it was still, I thought, hang on, they asked this the other day, and I think Murphy said yes, but... The very fact they're asking the question, you just want to go, hang on, hang on. I mean, to be fair, I think United are possibly in contention again because if they if they win their next game, they're up there at the same points as us. But And I think it's a very, it's a movable feast at the moment because nobody's running away with it. But I think if anybody's going to run away with it, as I've said, I think it's going to be us because I honestly think we are absolutely excellent. And I think Frank has done everything we were worried about the fact that they weren't doing corners, they weren't doing set pieces, they were giving goals away from that strange position where there was always a foul given away just on the edge of the box on the on an angle and the, the centre would come in and somebody would head the ball in the net regardless. We were saying, why aren't they dealing with this? They've dealt with everything. And and, um, and I think, as we've explained, I think part of it is because the, the goalkeeper wasn't good enough. They were worried. They didn't quite know who they were man-marking, whether they were man-marking. And I think he sorted it out. Yeah. And I, and I think this is, and I'll keep, I said this the other day and I, you know, you couldn't believe it. I think they're going to win it. I think they'll win the title. Mm. And just another question. Can I answer the other? You didn't ask me, um, what, uh, what do we think of Bielsa and Leeds approach? Can I say, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's why I didn't ask you, you dumb bugger. Anyway, listen, I've got some, <laughs> JK's on fire tonight. Right. Um, I've got some great comments about Frank and what's going on from the good denizens of uh, Mixler. Uh, and they are. Uh, Bob Uzray says, Hello, Bob, by the way. Glad to see you in here. Hope you're well, mate. Uh, he says, Thank, Think Lampard doesn't get the respect because he's not an ex-Liverpool anything. Andy Silverman says, Because he ain't Scouse. Brian Justman says, Isn't this a British thing? They love you in the first season, treat you poorly in the second. Good point. Antonio Britannicus Conte. Um, I wonder if it is the real uh, AC. You never know. He doesn't <laughs> cause controversy. He does his job and stays out of rumours. True. Ida 59. Joe Cole loves Frank. He does indeed. The legend. Joe Cole's great, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he is. is Revelation. Great. Love wow. him. Love him. Brilliant. Totally. Brilliant. Totally agree. Andrew <clears throat> Bailey, the legend that is Andrew Bailey. They'll pump his tyres up in the hope that he takes the England job. Now, that is a really interesting point, which I will return to in a minute. Uh, it, Ida says, look how Derby have tanked since Frank left them. Uh, Andy the Hutch says they've always hated Frank because he did better than Gerard and is still doing so, and on and on it goes. Now, uh, Marco and Andrew Andy Bailey's uh, comment there. I, I saw some press about that this weekend. I think some press wag asked him about the England job, and he didn't say no. But I suppose why you wouldn't, would you? I mean, I, I remember um, a couple of years ago writing an article about um, that it was a. It was a future piece, and um, Frank Lampard had, had won the treble with Chelsea, and, and um, he'd gone off to take the England job. I think it was like twenty, 
2024. 2032, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's an inevitability about the these things. Um, but, you know, I, I think what all of us as, as Chelsea supporters have craved for years is, you know, a manager to be given the latitude by the owner um, and, you know, the, the love and the support and the patience just to get on with the job um, and, and manage, you know, and you'll still see a few snidey comments out there saying, well, you know, what if Lampard doesn't win a trophy this season um, as manager? You know, at the end of the day, we're out of the Carling Cup and you could argue that that was the easiest route to silverware. Um, the FA Cup's kind of just a lottery, isn't it, in terms of the way, you know, I'll take, I'll take a draw like Morecambe at home all the way to Wembley. Um, you know, and it's kind of all those things. But, you know, for, for the majority of people who support Chelsea, um, all it's all thing all things are good. Um, and, you know, the thought of Frank leaving to become the England manager, I mean, it's not going to happen in the short term for a number of reasons. And one of those is, you know, Gareth Southgate is... Um, Know, very well thought of by the FA. He's the right image, says the right things. Um, you know, he's trying to do the right thing. And, he, you know, he plays the young players. He's, he's not too dissimilar um, in his approach, you know, to, to, to Frank Lampard. And I, I just hope England do well under Southgate so that Southgate stays in the job. Mm -hmm. And then the discussion about Frank Lampard becoming the England manager, um you know, is is only ever just speculation. Yeah, well, putting it in context, <clears throat> I mean, as as we haven't actually mentioned tonight, but for a period of time, Chelsea were top of the league on Saturday. Uh, and that's the first time an English manager has ended the day top of the Premier League since Mike Phelan in August 2016 with Hull, uh, while Frank Lampard is the first Englishman to lead Chelsea to the... See, yeah, this is true, isn't it? Frank Lampard's the first Englishman to lead Chelsea to the top of the top flight since Bobby Campbell in November 1989. Bloody hell. Yeah, blood I was thinking Hoddle, Hoddle, because no, he didn't. Of course, my, my, my quick repost would have been, yeah, but Bobby Campbell was Scouse, not English. But apart from that, <laughs> you know, I love Bobby Campbell and I love that 89 side as people who were on with me when we did the 50 years of Chelsea will know and I still haven't put the bloody thing up I don't think or maybe I have put that one up maybe it's uh, you've you put the 88 9 up Chief. yeah yeah not not the... the debate which was better yeah you, know, you were on it weren't you I said the 83 4 side was better under yeah. John Neal and I nearly banned you from the fan cast as a, yep. out of principle quite right I too. agree with Mark yeah you can shut up too <laughs> anyway let's catch up on the other bits that we haven't really talked about about the game uh <clears throat> i think one of the obvious places to go is Havertz, um who i felt um you know well i mean my first thought was you know he needs time to adapt to the frenetic pace and physicality of the premier league but then i kind of wound my neck in a bit uh as i should do um and think well actually you know i wonder if he's still recovering from the rona and then, lo and behold, in the presser today, Sir Frank of Lampard basically said that he had it really nastily. I mean, a lot of footballers have, have had it with hardly any symptoms at all and have been absolutely fine. But apparently, poor, poor old Kai Havertz had a really nasty dose of it. So, I mean, we were, we were talking about this quite recently, weren't we, JK? And we were wondering 
if that might be the reason why they were being, you know, quite careful introducing him back. And that appears to be the case. Yeah, it's really interesting. It, it doesn't, it never occurs to us, does it? We always think that these, these top athletes slough it off because they're, they're young and, uh, and they don't suffer from it. But yeah, well, of course, if it, it, in some instances, you may have, have uh, an aspect of long COVID as well. So uh, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? I, I felt that he, I think I, I tweeted at the time that, um, uh, he has this ability at the moment. You suddenly see something fantastic in him, and you think, "God, he's a really good player, isn't he?" But then gets knocked over, and uh, um, and that would make great sense if he's just not fit. You wonder why then Frank played him. Well, perhaps he knew that he was going to bring Kovacic on because Kovacic then came on and sort of bound it together because he's a he's a stronger unit. He hasn't got the creativity of of Havertz in in any way. But um, I mean, clearly Havertz is a class act. It's just. He needs to somehow work within that structure. At the moment, I'm not seeing it very much. And I see him on occasions, he gets very far forward. And that's what he was doing when he was playing last season, wasn't it? He gets into the box and scores. And, uh, um, and there are a couple of occasions where you think, yeah, he's up there, he's doing it. But then um, I'm not quite sure what his role is when he's further back into the midfield. So uh, I just he gets a bit lost. And uh, as you say, if it's this... If well, he's, he's John, been JK, Ill, then it I, sense, you know. You know, I think I think we nailed it. You know, when when before before Frank, you know, went with the four three, uh, and I'm not going to take all the credit because every time I do, everybody says it wasn't you, it was me, and they're probably right. But we 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 were saying in the four three three. Actually, I did. I maybe I was the one who did say this. I said I want to be, you know, because I'm a miserable old git and a curmudgeon and old school. What you need, you need a destroyer in the midfield, like a proper old-school number four, Kante, right? You need a number eight, box-to-box midfielder, who can come back, track back, make tackles, pick up the ball, run with it, pass it and score goals, Mason Mount. And you need a number 10, okay? Or, you know, I know we're playing with two number eights, but a guy who's much more further forward of the three, who is creative, who can unlock the keys and can score goals. And I I still see, I think that's what they've got. I think that's what Havertz will do. But I think he needs to get over the over the Rona, and uh, and then, and also adapt to the English game because I think don't be don't be don't underestimate how hard it is to adapt to this game. It's much quicker, more physical. It's a tough, tough game in the Premier League. He was just caught in possession a couple of times. Well, because he, he doesn't get the time to dawdle on it. Yeah, he doesn't. He mustn't do that. He, he likes flicking the ball off, and he likes uh, running in in little triangles as they all do. And it, it's when it comes off, it's great. Just he seems to be just slightly off the pace at the moment. But if he's ill, it makes no yeah. makes, it obviously makes sense. I, I couldn't be less worried. I mean, you know, I hope he gets better, obviously. But I, I couldn't be less worried about him from a football point of view. I think he's going to be phenomenal for this club. You can already... I mean, you know, we called him a stroller. And I mean it in the nicest possible way. I mean, he, look, he looks like he has more time... I, I, more time than anybody else. I don't think I... I can't... I mean, may, Mark and Marco might know. I can't think, uh, Mark first, of... A more two-footed player. I haven't seen a player who's that two-footed. I can't think of the last player I've seen who was that two-footed. You couldn't tell whether he was right or left-footed. You know, that good. Hullet? Yeah, no, no, normally, you have, you have a player that, you know, there is either stronger you know, on the left, stronger on the right. He, he's got both. Yeah. And I think the, the other thing about Havertz, you know, uh, if you look at the Chelsea fan cast, perfect 11, I think Saturday was almost it. Yeah. You could you could tweak a Pulisic for a, a, a Giroud. But that was almost like most people on the fan cast, perfect level. We've talked many times about that three-man midfield and the role Havertz, Havertz plays. And, yeah, maybe it is like, you know, Corona has knocked him back. 
you know, and affected him. Yeah, you know, I heard what Frank said about him today. Huge player for Chelsea. That's how highly I rate him. Mm. Yeah, you know, he is a he is a good player. He's a young man in a new country. You know, yes, he gave he gave the ball away probably more than anyone on Saturday. But again, you know, that's probably Leeds. It was a hot hot. There were three on him. Game. Three yeah. on him, Mark, on occasion. Three. Yeah, and, they and, obviously, and, and, they obviously and, and, targeted him. They targeted him. Yeah. Maybe fourth ACDC joke of the night. A touch too much. You know, on Saturday possibly. Yeah. But you know, I think tactically. Well, you Frank know what they probably, say, Mark. It's a long. It's a long way to the top if you want to stroll around. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think tactically, I think Frank probably, if he knew he had the corona badly and he's getting him back into the side, that Kovacic was always going to come on after 65 minutes. Yeah. And I think I think that was, we talk about Frank's tactic, that was a tactical substitution and it was the right substitution at the right time. And I think Kovacic played a key role in that last half excellent. hour. Excellent. I, mm. I, think, I think Havertz is going to be a really good player for us. As you say, he can play with both feet. Yeah, in full flow, he's an absolute joy to watch. We've said before, there's a touch of the Mickey Fillery about him. Yeah, there's there's bits of Iron Robin in, in there as well. I, I think yeah, the good bits, just, the good bits, obviously. Bits of Alan Hudson, bits, yeah. Hudson as well. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. only time he's thrown, the only time Havertz has thrown a sticky, he's got a genuine reason. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of which, was it was it Bummer's birthday the other week? By the way, yes, it was. Yeah, and Spackers, and and, and Spackers. I saw Spackers on Friday. Uh, went went out to lunch with him, so we we had a good chat about the current side, you know. And he spoke he spoke highly of the side, you know. And and, and we talked about players like Havertz, you know, what what a good player, what what the best formation is for Chelsea. And again, as a former midfield player, you know, he just thinks Mason Mount is just a terrific footballer. Funny like that, but yeah, exactly. It takes a good player to know a good I player. I know, but I mean, you know, every bloody, I mean, yeah. as I said, read the read that piece I've done on him. I mean, not because I wrote it, but because of what Cundy said. It, it when you when you speak to people who are in the game about Mason Mount, you suddenly realise, you know, they all he's so so highly rated. There's a bloody reason for that. Anyway, Marco uh, Silver's leadership distribution and runs forward. Uh, Reese James attacking and defending. He gets better every game. Real physical presence. Indomitable. Love the way he threw uh, Patrick Bamford away like a rag doll. Kante disrupting, intercepting, hunting and tracking, breaking forward to beat the press. I mean, you know, what's not to like, Marco? <laughs> exactly that. I, I think, you know, as far as, you know, for me, I, I know, you know, we all show a lot of love and appreciation to Mason Mount, but Perhaps part of that is down to the fact, you know, it, to counter at the, the 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 abuse that he came in for, which was totally un, uncalled for. Um, but for me, you know, Reese James epitomises for me everything that you want, um, you know, for, for, from a young Chelsea player who's come through the ranks. He's, you know, he carries himself well. He gets involved. He's a good ambassador for the club. Um, you know, outside outside the game um, with his initiatives. Uh, and boy, can he play, you know, the Red Bridge Cafu. I mean, I, I, I think, I, I think, um, I think the next player to, to cross the 400 appearance milestone for Chelsea will be Cesar Aspilicueta, who's, I think he's only about 10 games away from it. And then obviously there's a big, I mean, I think Reese James strikes me as a one one club man so i i just think he's going to be 
you know, playing on that right side of Chelsea's defence for a good 10 years from now. He tweets, um, doesn't he, Marco? He tweets pictures of him as a kid with the Chelsea. Exactly. Show. You know, you can it's tell. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. You can tell it means <clears throat> it means a lot to him to play, you know, to have come through and made that journey that, um, you know, so few players have actually managed to do at Chelsea in, in the modern era. Um, and he does it so well, you know, and he's he's an absolute beast. I think it's his birthday tomorrow, isn't it? Um, I think. I'm not sure. Well, if it is, happy birthday to Rhys James. But I think you're right there, Marco. I mean, you know, Rhys James and, and Mason Mount, absolutely bang on. I think if they, you know, that they will, they will be twenty-one tomorrow. Twenty-one to twenty, only twenty-one. But they'll they'll both be here at the club for their entire career, you know, unless something stupid happens, like the club decide to sell them. But I think they want to be, they want to make. I mean, you see, this is the thing, and I'm going to refer to the article again. When Mason Mount joined Chelsea, he was eight years old. It was in two thousand and seven. A certain Frank Lampard was at the peak of his powers, or going into that phase where he was becoming one of the best players in the world. So Mason Mount, playing in midfield, he's got one of the best players in the world who happens to be English and Frank Lampard in his club as his idol. You know, they're now playing for him. These kids will want to emulate that. They grew up with the greatest Chelsea side we have ever seen in our lifetime. I think they'll want to emulate that. They'll They'll want to do what those guys did. I think it's wonderful. This is just so much... This is. I mean, I pinch myself at the moment of how wonderful it is. It really is... Just delightful. Uh, the only blot on the landscape, uh, JK, was Ziyech going off with an injury, wasn't it? Uh, done his hammy, apparently. Yeah. Um, they, weren't they trying to find out today what degree the hamstring tear was? Was there anything? Yeah, in they the don't. It's inconclusive thus far. I don't think he's had, had the results back. But right. they're not, I think they're hopeful that it won't keep him out for more than a couple of weeks at the moment. Yeah, but, you it, know. He didn't, all he did was he just flicked that ball to Reese for the centre for. Um, uh, for for Giroud to score, and then he stood there and just lay down and and uh, and obviously was 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 walked off. But it didn't seem to be an enormous um, injury. But it, did you know better, Mark? You're 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 putting your hand up here. Oh no, it wasn't about Ziyech's. I want to just right, do right. something about Reese James. So carry oh, okay, on get, get in there. No, you talk about Reese James, and I'll I'll come back in if that's. I, I think the other thing I'd add about Reese James, Chidge, is you know, that physicality and that throwing Bamford down to the ground, like yeah, you know, like don't mess with me. When they, a few years ago they played in the same side together, took no prisoners. But, but he's part of a core now of physicality. You know, in, you know you've got James, you've got Silver, you've got Giroud. <laughs> 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 uh, Sorry, we can't we can't compete with surreptitious moral musings on the stylophone. I'm just, we've all corpsed. <laughs> you can't you can't see this. Obviously, we can all see oh, each other. Liquidator. Name that tune. <laughs> can you star the tornadoes? Can you do Metal Giroux? Ooh, Metal Giroux. Oli Giroux. Yeah, thank you. Close, close. Needs a bit of work, Marco. I was disappointed that the two million, uh, the two million, the two thousand came up with uh, 
Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. Well, what did you expect? No, please, let's try what something. What did you speed. expect? Now, listen, we're going to have to go for a break in a minute. Uh, but uh, before we do, time for a bit of pluggery. Uh, and I'm delighted uh, because the next thing, the next three things I was going to plug are all uh, Chelsea books. And I'm delighted to say that we do have the erstwhile publisher of said books. Um, Marco, quick, quick word. Let the celery decide. Ultimate Chelsea quiz book, Tales of the Chelsea Unexpected and a new book as well. Oh, yes. From uh, Chris Rewind Wright. Um, Blue Days, the transformation of Chelsea under Hoddle Hullit and Viali, which um, which is actually a really good book for the best reason in that, uh, as, as those of you who follow Chris on Twitter will know, he, he's actually managed uh, and has captured his youth growing up as a Chelsea supporter um, with, you know, lots of pictures and um, bits of video clips, uh, you know, in that era when it first kind of became possible to you know to have a lot of to collect a lot of that stuff so what what he's done with this book is essentially he's you know he's like a 10 year old kid becoming a 20 year old so he's growing up watching that Chelsea team um and he's you know his enthusiasm kind of shines through um you know from sort of being a mascot uh you know all, all those lovely little anecdotal things that you kind of would like to experience as a supporter he kind of did experience them and and obviously Chelsea were winning stuff for the first time in a long time um and it's just a cracking little book and deserves to be in a few Christmas stockings this year as does let the celery decide by the magnificent Walter Otten um which essentially uh three mates and one ticket to the Champions League final, who gets to go to the game, um, with a very honest uh, dialogue interwoven with this, which details um, Walter's, you know, battles with, with mental health. So, um, yeah, very honest piece of writing, written in his own inimitable style, and another one for Christmas stockings, as is... Uh, Tales of the Chelsea Unexpected by Mr. Johnston and Mr. Smith, um, which uh, picks out, I think it's, I always get this wrong, I think it's 30, it went up, 31, tw 27 different opponents, uh, 41 games, but basically it's, it's glorious unpredictably, unpredictability revisited um, from kind of the 70s when... Um, those two first started sort of getting involved um, and remembering games that they went to where things went slightly awry for good or bad reasons. And then there's um, Chad's quiz book, the ultimate unofficial Chelsea quiz book, which has 1,905 questions about the Blues. Mm. And, um, is uh, another great addition to your library. So I do apologise. All, all these books um, are kind of uh, basically spun out of the, the lockdown and the fact that people had time to write and I had time to do all the technical stuff that, that goes on behind the scenes to bring these things um, out. So, yeah, I mean, well done to all the lads and uh, some great 
stuff to dive into for people. Mm, I can I can cut. Well, I've got three of those. I need to go and get Chris's book, which I'll order pronto. Uh, you know, I'm I'm missing the signed copies, mate, because I don't see you at the stall and stuff. You well, know. Well, yeah, unfortunately, you know. yeah. yeah. Don't worry. I, 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 go on. Um, I think we've got the people are quick. There's a there's a couple of signed copies on the Gate Seventeen website still available. Um, but yeah, it'll be the stall. I got, I got, I got Waltz to send me one, and he signed it. Is that is that a yeah? But what about Scott Cannon's sticker? Yes, up in the TV? <laughs> yes. <laughs> put that in as well. I love Waltz. I absolutely love the man. Like uh, you know, I, I love Walter Otten almost as much as I love Mason Mount. By the way, I think um, I think uh, uh, Dave and Neil missed a trick there. They should have called it Alas Smith and Johnson. <laughs> But anyway, we should move on. Right, we should move on, actually, because we've got another part to come yet, part three. Uh, and we will be back in a minute to read. we got some fantastic emails this week. My God, we've been sport rotten. Uh, we will update you on the current state of play with the Prem Predictions League. Uh, sorry, JK. Uh, and uh, we'll hopefully have time to have a quick look at the Krasnodar game tomorrow night. We'll be back very shortly. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Okay, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chich, him over there, Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. Him up there, Mark Min. Hello. And him down there, Mark Worrell. Buonasera, mi amico. So, um, J.K., a bit of kind of we've uh, swapped swapped proceedings round a tad this week uh, to do justice to some of these fantastical emails. And the first one is from the lovely John Parkinson. This is a brilliant. Lovely John. I, I, but before you start, I have to say, and and don't be offended, uh, anybody who's written in before. But I think this is one of the best emails we've ever had. This is just this brought a tear to a fucking glass eye, mate. I've just read it. Actually. Yeah, you know what I mean, Mark. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah, there you go. JK, take it I away. Hope I, I hope I do it justice. Can you play a violin? That's not. No, that's not. Okay. That was anyway. actually Marco's stylophone. That wasn't me trying to be a violin at all. <laughs> when in doubt, blame somebody else. You know me, JK. Of course. Dear Chidge, Jonathan, and whoever, slash whomever. How lovely. Thank you, John. The wonderful guest. Whomever the wonderful guest is on the show this week. Well, it's Mark and Marco, John. Uh, I've been thinking of writing him for a long time now, but I've always put it off thinking I haven't really got anything to say that anyone would be interested to hear. But the FA Cup draw this week has inspired me to write into you with my story. Firstly, I'd like to thank you all, especially Chidge, for all the hard work you do year in, year out. I live in Lancaster in the northwest. And due to my circumstances, I can't get to Stamford Bridge for games. Listening to the fan cast and the stories you all tell is the closest I get to the matchday experience and makes me feel involved in some way. Although I've never met any of you, I've listened to you all so much, you feel like my friends. And I, I live the matchday through your tales on the podcast. I hope you all realise how much the work you do on the fan cast means to supporters like me. Thank you so much, John. I've been listening to the show since around 2011. Haven't missed a show since. 
I work 12 hour nights in a paper mill making toilet paper. And the show is a great way for me to pass time on pass time on while at work. Some of my favorite emails are where fans tell how they started supporting Chelsea. So this is my story. As a young boy, I really didn't like football. I couldn't stand watching games on TV, although I did like to play. And my dad, who's only five foot six, was a very good goalkeeper. And he started to train me. I soon became one of the best keepers for my age in our area. My dad's a Chelsea supporter, but he never really tried to get me involved with Chelsea when I was young because he knew I wasn't really interested in watching games. <clears throat> I remember him going to games with my uncle when I was young, but he never took me with him. But in 1991, he did take me to my first game. My local team, Morecambe, drew Hull City in the FA Cup. We went. Hull won the game 1-0, but we enjoyed it. And me and my dad started to go to watch Morecambe every week. In 1994, I started high school and my new mates would all talk about the Premier League. So I started to take an interest. The team that stood out to me was my dad's team, Chelsea. I quickly became obsessed and started to learn everything I could about the club and its history. My dad was made up when I told him I was now a Chelsea supporter like him. He bought me books about Chelsea and we watched his Chelsea videos where I got to see the players from the past. We watched the 1970 Cup final. He told me all about Peter Benetti, the cat. I said, Dad, that's what people call you. Turns out my dad's nickname, Cat, was after this great Chelsea goalkeeper. My dad had similar cat-like reflexes as Bonetti. Anyway, at this time, although we still went to watch Morecambe most weeks, sometimes my dad would surprise me and say, we're not going to Morecambe today, we're going to watch Chelsea. So every season we go to Blackburn away, Sheffield Wednesday away, Bolton away and Wigan away during their spell in the PL and any northern teams in the cup. I loved watching Chelsea live. It was a real treat for me. But the best game I've seen Chelsea live was on a Monday night in September 1998. And it wasn't with my dad. A good friend of mine who supported Chelsea asked if I wanted to go and watch Chelsea versus Blackburn as him and his dad had a spare ticket. We went to the game. What a game it was. Chelsea took the lead with a trademark Zola free kick only for Chris Sutton to equalise. Frank Leboeuf then scored a penalty before Perez equalised again. Lasso and Perez were then sent off. With 15 minutes left, Michael Dubery gave away a penalty and Sutton put Rovers 3-2 up. Viali then brought on Brian Laudrup and Tori Andre Flo. Flo soon levelled the game again and then in the dying minutes, Flo ran through on goal, poked the ball round Tim Flowers into the goal, 4-3 to Chelsea. There were limbs everywhere. Everyone was bouncing, singing, uh, oh God, Torre, Torre, I can't remember the tune. Torre, Torre, Andre Flo. Torre, Torre, Andre Flo. This went on for a good 10 minutes after the game. It carried on all the way out of the stadium, even in the car park. What a great moment this was. I'll never forget it. Me and my, wait, my mate were still singing it at school the next day. I loved the FA Cup win in 97, although I was, I was jealous because my uncle got a ticket, went to the game. I really enjoyed the Cup Winners' Cup run in 98. These games were shown on Channel 5 and we couldn't get that in Lancaster at the time, but my bedroom was in the attic. And if I held my TV aerial out far enough, I could get a fuzzy picture. I was always freezing, but it was worth it. Tromso away was not good on a fuzzy TV screen. I've loved every minute of the Roman era. I was at work in 2005 when we won the league. My Man U supporting boss called me to his office that morning, offered me a half-day holiday so I could watch the game on TV. I snapped his hand off. When Frank scored the second goal, I just let my dog in the garden, was stood under the doorframe with one eye on the TV. I jumped up and punched the air, only to break my hand on the doorframe. 
Fast forward to 2012, European Cup final, Chelsea win a corner. I'm stood in the middle of my living room as Drogba powers ahead of home. I punch the air again. In fact, I actually punch the light bulb hanging above my head and cut my hand open. Still, what a great night that was. God knows what injuries await me in the future. Well, many from this team, I think. Anyway, since getting married at age 21 in 2004 and starting a family, I haven't really been able to attend games. I've got three sons aged 14, 12 and 18 months. And my elder two are Chelsea mad. And it's the best part of our week when we watch the Chelsea game on TV. It's not the same as being there live, but it's our way of watching the Chelsea. And we're OK with it. I'd like to be able to go with my boys like what my dad did with me, but it's very expensive and very hard to get tickets. We did go to a League Cup game at Sunderland away in December 2013, but we've never been to a game at the bridge. We've done the stadium tour a couple of times and we're at the victory parade after winning the title in 2015. My boys loved watching Diego Costa throwing celery back at the fans. Our first game at Stamford Bridge should have been in January. I nearly fell over when Chelsea drew Morecambe in the cup. It's a game I never thought would ever happen, but I've all, I'd always dreamt of. Now it's happening in the middle of a fucking pandemic and we can't be there. It's a real shame for Morecambe FC. I was at Wembley in 2007, the day after DDA Drogba scored the winner in the cup final versus Man U, when they won promotion to the Football League for the first time. And Morecambe took 10,000 fans, although they only average around 2,000 for a home game. I'm sure they would have sold the full allocation for the game at Stamford Bridge. Every football fan in Lancaster and Morecambe would have wanted to be there and they would have sung their hearts out, regardless of how much Chelsea were winning by. Morecambe FC are in my heart for different reasons than Chelsea. I even played in goal for their youth team for a season when I was 15. 15, playing my final game in a 6-1 win versus Lancaster City at Morecambe's then stadium, Christie Park. This should have been the game me and my boys got to watch Chelsea play at Stamford Bridge, but it looks as though it isn't to be and we'll have to make do with the TV again. I get asked regularly why I support Chelsea when I live up north. I always say, why the fuck would I want to support any of the teams up here? Or simply, because my dad supports them. It was only a couple of years ago I found out why my dad and his brother started supporting Chelsea. I always thought it was because Chelsea were quite a fashionable team in the early 70s, but it turns out it's because my dad and his brother collected some sort of tokens from Typhoo Tea in the mid-60s and were sent a colour team photo of Chelsea. So from that day, they were Chelsea fans. I've got all those photos and as well, by the way, all those tokens. Two weeks after my dad told me this, my father-in-law gave me a present. He bought me from a car boot sale for two pounds. It was the photo my dad got in the 60s, the photo that made my family Chelsea. So that's it, really. I'd just like to mention JK. I, little, I play a little game in my head I call Jonathan Kidd Bingo. I'll just make a mental note every time I hear his friendly voice on TV or radio. Oh, sweet. The strangest place was while I was on holiday in Bulgaria a few <laughs> years back. <laughs> I'm sure, 99% sure, JK's voice was booming out of a speaker system advertising Platinum Casino. I could be wrong but I'm sure it was him. I think you're right, actually, John. I think you're right. So thank you all again. Apologies for the long mail. No, it's brilliant. I've never written anything like this before, so it could be a load of rubbish. It's not. It's great. I won't be offended if it's not read out. We have. We re I'm reading it now. And if any of you know of any way I can get to the cup match, I'd be very grateful. <laughs> keep up the great work and keep the blue flag flying high. Up the Chelsea. John Parkinson. 
at John CFC1 on Twitter. Well, there you go. Bravo. Yeah, bravo. <clears throat> Give him a follow, people. He deserves that. Yeah, uh, follow him. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. But as I say, I bought those. I bought all those. I've uh, got all those Typho tea cards. We didn't even have drink Typho tea. I got my mum to drink it. We used to do uh, PG tips just so that I could get the uh, the pictures, the Chelsea picture. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, first thing, I've got so many things I want to say about this e email. The first one, Mark, is uh, Hull ain't a bad place to be. Very good. Uh, actually, Mark, we 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 we've done, we have a bit of a tradition of naming the the, the shows after ACDC songs, and I think we have used Hull ain't a bad place to be after walloping them by a sizable score a few years back. Um, the second is um, bloody hell. I I would love I would love to to try and get John a ticket for Morecambe, but it's going to be impossible, John, because of the COVID restrictions. I mean, I don't. I mean, none of us, none of us four went uh, on Saturday. I don't know if any of you applied for a ticket. Did you apply for one, Mark? No, I didn't. No, no, no. But I mean, it's a lottery because it's it's all done by ballot. So I applied. I didn't get. Yeah, one. John, Jonathan applied, didn't get one. So you know, it's just it's just not doable. I feel desperately sorry for the Morecambe fans. John's right. It would have been the biggest day out probably ever. You know, so really awful. I, there is something I can do though that maybe. Not quite as good as uh, seeing, you know, Chelsea play his boyhood team. But um, as you know, we do a preview show on a Friday uh, and we have an opposition view slot uh, where we get the fan of the opposition side to give us the lowdown on, on what their side's all about and what we need to look out for. Um, the chances of me finding a Morecambe, uh, kind of the Arsenal fan TV version of Morecambe, is about as probably about as uh, I've got as much chance of starting as the number 10 for Chelsea in the game I think so you are probably the only person I know John who probably knows anything about Morecambe so if you would like to be our opposition view fan on the preview show that we do on the Friday before uh, the Morecambe match I think Marco's on the show that night I've got a suspicion he might be actually so if you'd like to join us for 20 minutes and talk about Morecambe and obviously Chelsea, but uh, certainly from a Morecambe perspective, we would be more than delighted to have you. It won't make up for not being able to go, but at least you can feel part of it in some way. So I, I extend the offer to you. Do let me know. I know I follow you on Twitter, so give us a shout when uh, and if you would like to. So there you go. Um, brilliant email i mean that really jonathan is why we do the show i mean you know people have that connection with it and to us but also, i love the fact that he's never written anything like this before and he's yeah, done it and i know it's it's a lovely story he's, he's written yeah. it beautifully it's just um joyous stuff so here we go fun, John. All, all right next we've got an email from our favorite person named after a footballer the wonderfully named nana yaboa no relation apparently uh, and anyway, so, hi everyone, says Nana. I was listening to a Chelsea podcast last Friday before the Chelsea fancast was uploaded on Apple Podcast. The guys on that podcast just criticised Frank's decisions from start to finish. It was very annoying to hear these guys just criticise Lampard for about two hours. I just do not understand why some Chelsea supporters cannot still trust Frank after the progress of the team this season. Now... Let's stop talking about the nonsense and transition to some sense now. I just love the fact that this team never get in their own head when we go down or even concede an equaliser. Sheffield, Wren and now Leeds. When we conceded today, I had no doubt we would come back. Werner will come good, just be patient, but his assist to tee up Pulisic was class. I love how we're quietly going about business, 
and not talking too much about the title. But listen, only a deluded opposition fan will tell you we're not in the title race. Good job, as always, team. Now let's hope Arteta and Nuno create some magic tomorrow so we can remain top. They didn't. Thank you, Nana from Michigan. The one, th- the one thing I have to say about that, Nana, name and shame. I want to know yeah. what that podcast was that was coating off Frank for two hours. Because, you know, I can go back and check to see who uploaded a podcast two hours before, an hour or so before us. But Nana, just email and let me know and I will name and shame them. Yes. Probably probably somebody we like. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> but there you go. Probably probably me on it. You know. No, I would never coat Frank Lampard off, ever. Anyway, brilliant email, Nana. Keep them coming. JK. This is from Tim Lott. Uh, great game, huh? I have an idea for the upcoming episode name. Oi, oi, oi. Dedicated to whoever belted out the zigger-zagger cheer heard round the world. Proper Chelsea. Cheers, Tim from Texas. He's got a point. That was it. Was belted out. Was it was and joined in with, and it sounded fantastic. And the very fact he's saying heard round the world, so obviously the 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 crowd noise and the the enthusiasm and the the um, the exuberance of the crowd was heard everywhere. And you never think about that, do you? The impression that it's making round the world when they're listening and they're seeing the game. Yeah, Brilliant. Definitely. Brilliant. Right, uh, number four, Jeff Jones, gentleman and possibly lady. I'm writing this after a quality win against Dirty Leeds. I think it was a great performance and a well-deserved victory. Being a relatively new supporter, I found Chelsea in 06. And being from the States, I really didn't know much about Dirty Leeds. I knew a little having seen the Damn United, but I knew nothing about our particular hatred of them. Thank you all for educating me on the subject. Now to my main point. I found myself getting increasingly upset every time the ref whistled for a foul against us. But then I had a realisation. Our players getting whistled and carded is a good thing. For years now, we've all moaned about the lack of steel in our team, regardless of how ridiculous the calls have been. I'm happy to see our team racking up fouls and cards. I'm seeing a toughness from this side that I haven't seen since Frank and JT were on the team sheet. I hope the tenacity continues and I wish every fancast contributor... A merry and safe Christmas. Blue is the colour. Jeff J. Atlanta, Georgia, USA. P.S. Y'all. Marco, um, that's a point we didn't make, actually. I'm glad I forgot all about Jeff making that point. But, you know, I, again, I remember us moaning for the last few seasons that we were all a bit too passive and wimpish, basically, and we're now getting stuck in and not afraid of clattering people. Yeah, no, it's... it's... We love to see it. We love to see it, don't we? We love to see it. I I think part of it, I mean, with the exception of our wide players who seem to be made of glass, um, you know, we've got some physical specimens there. I mean, I don't know what it, you know, we're kind of like, obviously Pulisic is, is, you know, he's back now and that's brilliant, but he does seem to be susceptible to... um, Hamstrings. Uh, I think Cho Hudson Adoy's gone, isn't he? He's ham, Hammy's gone in training. Zh. So, but we've got some proper Toreadors in uh, in that team now. Um, I mean, you look. You know, you look at Reese James. Imagine when he stops growing. <laughs> Brilliant. Too right, son. Too right. Uh, J.K. Mr. Ryan Gunzel. Ryan Gunzel. 
Hi, Chidge, and lovely fancasters. Oh, sweet, Ryan, thanks. Just thought I'd drop a line and say hello. I've been a full-time Chelsea supporter since 2008, listener to the fancast since 2010. I love the con content you all produce and felt I should give something back for all these years of listening to you. The fancast has been a great resource for me to learn about Chelsea's history, ex-players, songs, culture, and to keep up with the club. Being that I'm a relative newcomer, I feel it's only right to listen um, to long-time genuine supporters like you and learn about what it means to be a true Chelsea supporter. I've really enjoyed the 50 years of Chelsea and my Chelsea shows this past year. Often, I find myself on the, the bowed... Excuse me. <coughs> Bless you. Oh, yeah. I Just find myself... <coughs> I found myself on the Bound of Friday website. I was waiting for the third one. Yeah, me too. Nothing happened. Anyway, often I find myself on the Bound of Friday website looking up past seasons while listening along. They give me a they give a great perspective to the club. As an American, I found my way of following to following the Blues through the odd game they show on TV over here and playing FIFA as a kid in the 90s. Thankfully, it's much easier to follow now and I can watch every game. But as I live in Alaska, they do come on a bit early sometimes. I've been lucky enough to attend a few games, five in the magical year of 2012, and one a couple of years ago with my wife. The first game I went to was the Champions League quarterfinal against Benfica, where we won 2-1 with Merrily's late goal. Great stuff. Another memorable one I saw was our 5-1 thumping of Spurs in the FA Cup semi-final that same year. I can still remember being in a pub, watching Torres run down the pitch to equalise against Barca and send us through to the Champions League final. What a time that was. Oh, yes. I loved every second of the games I've been to and cannot wait to get back to the bridge to see Frank, my all-time favourite player, and the Blues again. I love this club and will continue to support it through thick and thin. Same goes for you all on the fancast. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Keep up the great work and up the Chelsea. Ryan, oh sweet. Um, I mean, what a what a few games to see. Bloody, I mean, I don't remember anything about Chelsea, but I remember all, I remember being at all of those games and loving every single one of them. Uh, and Ryan, two things. First, Ryan, Ryan's just joined us on Patreon, for which I I I'm, I say huge thank yous, uh, Ryan. That's so, that's just brilliant of you. But the other thing is, I th he's the first fan, the first listener to the Chelsea fancast that I know of from Anchorage in uh, is it Alaska JK yeah yeah, yeah. brilliant phenomenal phenomenal phenomenal, phenomenal. right Charlie Hutchin, uh, Huskinson who has also joined us as you'll find out on Patreon he says hi Dane this is sent to Instagram can't believe it's taken me this long to follow the Instagram account just want to say thanks to you and all the guys at the Chelsea fancast for the great content you put out I've just become a Patreon at long last albeit not much a month as I'm just going through the process of buying my first house Hopefully more in the future. Keep up the good work and keep the blue flag flying high. Well, Charlie, I mean, massive, massive, massive thanks. I mean, you know, to consider that you, you're about to buy a bloody house, mate, the fact that you can, you know, lob us a few quid a month is, is just, you know, beyond and above the call of duty, sir. So thank you. And I will be sending uh, mini Kerry Dixon banners to those two gentlemen uh, as soon as I can get near a post office. So, and of course, you're welcome to join the Discord group. I think I've given you the link, but remind me if I haven't. JK, this is a bit surreal, the next one. Anish Katara, where's he from, Chidge? I don't know. Anyway, he says, can we create a song for Billy Gilmore to the tune of Billy Jean by Michael Jackson? Okay. Billy Jean is my lover. He's just a baller. 
We claim that he is the one. But the kid is phenomenal. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's no words. I have no words. So, uh, Marco, do you think that'll that'll let rip from the from Gate Seventeen? Want you know in a not too distant future? I'd I'd love the opportunity to be in Gate Seventeen. Somebody tried it. Well, mate, I tell you, if if we can have if we can have what was that song that Darren came up with? Uh, His name is Caesar Aspilaqueta. He wears number 28 and we think he's fucking great. I mean, if we can have a Barry Manilow song, we can have a bloody Michael Jackson song. Mark? I think, sorry, if we're going to have a song about Billy Gilmore, there's only one song. Looking through Billy Gilmore's eyes. Spot on. (laughs) Yes! And anyway, there we go. That's why I love Mark. His, he and me, me and Mark's musical tastes are so simpatico. It is not true. And I, I tell, I'm looking forward to going off to see uh, Power in the Darkness with you two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ho- hopefully, if we all have the vaccine later yeah. in the year, the three of us will be going to see Mr. Tom Robinson. Yeah. yeah. I'm terribly sorry. Power in the Darkness is what? Debut album from Tom Robinson Band. Oh, is it? Oh, Wonderful. What? 2468 Motorway. All of that. It's a long, that. long record player, an LP. It's a, a long LP, playing. LP. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a thirty-three. I'm sorry, I only deal in seventy-eight. So I do apologise. I know. All right, not oh, celebrating his seventieth. Look at that, Marco has it right there. <laughs> TRB, power in the darkness. Wow. All right, now last email of the week uh, from our dear, dear, dear friend Andy Silverman, who is actually with us uh, in Mixler at the moment. Uh, now, Andy, uh, as you know, he's, he's, I mean, Andy used to be on the benches. He's been listening to this show, poor bloke, for most of the 12 years we've been doing it. We all, everybody knows him. He's one of the nicest people you meet at Chelsea. And I'm so delighted that Andy was actually one of the people who managed to get a ticket for the Leeds game on Saturday. And he, he's written to us about that experience. And he says, 273 days. That's the last time I was inside Stamford Bridge. I would never have guessed it would have been that long that I stepped inside the ground and saw some familiar faces and cheered on our beloved team. I entered the ballot due to the uncertainty of future games, and when I was successful, well, it felt surreal. I'm going back home. I wondered if I was chosen due to my postcode, but doubt it. Andy lives very nearby uh, the ground. The process for the ticket and COVID declaration, for me at least, was really easy, and I thought, hello, Chelsea, you've got your house in order for match day fans, but it was not to be. Whilst for me it was okay, I had lots of messages, including the person I was attending with, who never received their COVID declaration back. Some being told they couldn't attend even with no symptoms and lots of others receiving nothing back, emailing the club on match day and receiving no reply to help, while also closing the box office, even with ample segregation around that area, seemed bizarre. I know for a fact some fans that were travelling from a distance didn't attend due to this in case they were denied entry to the ground. Anyway, we decided, as we live so close, to try and gain entry explaining what had happened. The police and the stewards in and around the ground were brilliant, laughing and joking, and they seemed generally happy to see us. We gained entry without the declaration from my friend on the grounds that we went, that we never heard back and showed an email that we sent the form. The, set, uh, the setup outside was spacious, and we went into the ground and found our seats without trouble. There are a few abrupt stewards as always, but in general, once again, in our seats, the staff were laughing and joking with us. The atmosphere, even for just 2,000, was like it was their first game ever. 
The cheers at kickoff, even the stunned silence when Dirty Leeds scored, had a feeling about it. It was brilliant to be back, albeit in such different circumstances. And I've no idea when I'll get back to the ground, but hopefully when I do, it'll be with 40,000 of us. The matchday family were missed immensely on Saturday. The routine of matchday Chelsea, especially for me, was a way of looking forward for a positive reason. We tried our best to create an atmosphere, and most said we did. I know the team were beyond excited to see us back as we were to be there. I just hope the powers that be in the corridors of Chelsea are also happy we are back and try and help us on match day a little bit more. Anyway, that's my two bobs worth until we cross paths again. Up the Chelsea, Andy Silverman. I think he sums it up really well there, Mark. What a great letter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a good summary of the other night. And again, yeah, Andy, 2000, you, you made a fantastic noise the other, the other night. Yeah. You know, loud and clear. Well done. They were brilliant. They really, I mean, I, I have to be honest. I mean, I'm a bit of an old curmudgeon and I didn't, I, I mean, you know, obvious health reasons, you know, I've got family members who are at risk, so I don't, I don't want to put them in jeopardy and I have to go from Winchester and la 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 la. But actually the thought of being in a stadium with 2000 people in it, not being able to go to the pubs properly before, not being able to tarry a while with Marco and friends at the stall and not being in a stadium full of 42,000 people really put me off. But I thought, actually, it was much better than I thought it would be. Mark, you had your hand up. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd echo that, Chidge. Another reason why I didn't bother with the ticket is it's, it's, it's not just the 90 minutes. It's everything that goes with it. You know? So the guys I go to football with, you know, in the Clarence before and after the game, you know, like one of them messaged me today, listen to the fan cast, you know, big shout out to John Warner. You know, you know, I've only seen him once since lockdown. And that those people, they're part of your life. They're your friends. They, they, they're your community. They're your family. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, and that, that, that's part of it. You, you don't just miss the football. No. You, know, you miss everything that goes well, with you it. you do. I mean, my, my match ritual is, is so geared to, to seeing Marco, particularly Marco and Dave and the rest of the reprobates who hang around on the store. I, I can't envisage a match or going to a match and not not seeing you, mate, at the stall and Dave and everybody and just hanging out there for a bit. I've missed it once or twice in the last twenty years. Well, maybe maybe fifteen years because I didn't know you twenty I, years I ago. That, I mean, the flip side is obviously, you know, for me it's kind of like that whole routine, um, <clears throat> which you know just has football lobbed into the middle of it. Um, but it but it's like you know the whole everything that goes with it just meeting lots of people it's always been more about kind of the social side of it for me than the, the football and that and that's part of the reason for that is that the football was rubbish when I started <laughs> going um so yeah you know long, long I, I long for the day when uh we'll all be able to fraternize on the Fulham Road um before going into the game and use your hand sanitizer. Hand and use hand my hand sanitizer. Yeah. I miss the volume of the of of the the crowd and all the the, the that goes on and all the responses and all the uh, um, the wit from the uh, from the supporters and the um, the chants. I miss all of that in particular, um, which. Uh, um, uh, I, mean, I thought they made a very good attempt at recreating the guys that, uh, on the other on Saturday night, but it, it, it's that huge volume of noise, um, particularly with the team playing so well. I mean, it must be if when there are going to be forty-two thousand in there, it'll be absolutely joyous because those those great nights when you know we 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 put teams to the sword 
um, uh, who were excellent sides and we played out of our skins, particularly on European nights, so just completely remarkable emotional occasions. And, uh, and I really miss that aspect of, of crowd reaction, which you get buoyed up by and can't help but responding to um, um, that in particular. Because I'm a mis miserable bastard, and I've got no friends, and I don't care who yeah, I see. Well, I mean, that, that's you're part of the family now, mate, and that's that's the lovely thing, isn't it? All right, um, okay. Now we've got the most important thing in the entire show: uh, the Premier League predictions league. What is the Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League? Now, obviously, we're in abeyance at the moment because <laughs> uh, Brighton and Southampton is at half time. So these are not the final positions, but I, I can say that at the moment, the, Joe Mingola is just, I mean, I don't know what he's on. He's in our Discord group. He's a brilliant lad, by the way, but he's just brilliant. He's still top of the league, top of the league, having a laugh uh, with 1,021 points. Uh, he's got 151 so far this week, but Jarek Kostka uh, is in second position, is he's gunning him down, mate. He's, a, he's got 154 points. So these these two boys are putting the rest of us to shame but there is a league within the league of course because there are a number of fan casters who are stupid enough to take me up on my my insistence that they join this league and they are for for uh we should put this on the record uh they are marco martin wickham mark me dame whittle me tony glover and jonathan so the league within a league at the moment the top of the chelsea fan cast league is marco He's in 13th place. with He's got 646 points. He's got 148 this week, which is not a bad effort. Just off the top, boys. Martin Wickham is in 15th. Uh, he's got 98 so far. Mark Meehan is in 19th. You've got 98 this week so far. Dane, Tony West Ham again. I know. Oh, tell me about it. Dane Whit well, and, and, and Palace screwed me right up. Uh, Dane Whittle, uh, he's in 22nd. He, he's had a good week, though, 121. Me, I'm in 24th. I can't seem to get out of... I'm stuck, stuck in about 24th for the last few weeks. Can't get out of the rut. I'm on 100, I've got 106 points this week. I've had a decent week for me. Tony's lifted himself off the bottom. He's in 28th. Uh, he's got a miserable week with 21. And guess who's returned to the bottom of the league? The shame. We're letting the shame flow over him. No, no, I'm quite happy actually, as long as I get don't get minus. I think it's good. Well, you've got to have some theory when we were chatting the other week about um, <laughs> you don't care as long as Leeds lose. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There are certain I have certain prejudices. I will not allow some teams to give them the posit positivity of winning. So therefore, I, my prejudices are such that I'll always want my. I'll always. Uh, regardless of the Man U situation, I'll always make sure that I'll always say they're losing. Um, I'll always say that Leeds lose. Um, I'll always say that um, uh, I like Brighton winning, so I'll always put them down for winning. Um, I don't want Liverpool to win, so I'll always put them down as a draw. Yeah, so there are certain prejudices that get in the way of my proper forecasting, I'm afraid. Yeah, so you only have yourself to blame, basically. Well, look. Completely. But, well, at least I'm not minus. No, you you're not. You started off with being minus. You've, I got, got, you've, got, you've got 152 points in all, mate, so you've done all yeah, right. Yeah, well, considering I, I didn't start the first two weeks and I came from uh, from minus, whatever it was, 80, yeah. I think I'm doing okay. You're not doing bad. Now, look, it's half-time, Brighton Southampton at the moment. And at the moment, me and Marco have both got 2-1 Southampton. So Marco and I are praying for one more goal from Southampton, which would give us both 50 points. Mark Meehan, on the other hand, has gone 2-1 Brighton, and JK has gone 2-all. 
So that'll be interesting. Yeah. We shall see. We won't know. We'll we'll finish the show before we'll know. Uh, But there you go. Now, on that note, uh, it's time very quickly to talk about the Krasnodar game uh, tomorrow. Uh, Now, obviously, this is a bit weird because we're so, you know, we're already through. We've won the group. Uh, I mean, from what I understand, uh, Mark, he's going to pick Kepa uh, and he's going to pick Billy Gilmore. Uh, we know Hudson Odoi, bless him, as as Dunny Hammy, so he can't play. Uh, we would have expected him to start. Um, who else? Who else do you think he might start? I think they make about probably seven or eight changes. I think uh, Dave will play. I think Rudiger will play. I think Christensen will play. Not Tamori. No, I, I don't. I don't. It's a shame. We've talked about it a lot on this on this on this show about Tamori, um, and I think you'll probably have Emerson at left back. I thought Emerson had a good game last week. So if you've got Billy Gilmore in midfield, looking through Billy Gilmore's eyes. Uh, so Billy Gilmore, probably I think he'll probably play Mason. Mason seems to play every single game, uh, unless he plays uh, J five. Uh, I'm like the hipsters now. I'm calling him J five, uh, and probably Tammy and Werner up front. Maybe doesn't Werner get a rest? I suppose not. If we've got no wingers. Well, have we got no wingers? Probably not. No, you know, Zayech is injured. Hudson Adoy is out as well. So I think, yeah, Werner and Tammy up front. Mm, interesting. Marco, what say you? Uh, Marcus Alonso. Don't see it happening, mate. He's, fell, he's fallen out of Frank big time after West Brom. Mm, I don't know. I did. I'll tell you what I read somewhere interesting today. I think it was Carefree Youth, who said that uh, Kovacic and Jorginho are both one yellow card away from being suspended for the round of sixteen. Um, so hopefully they won't play. So Billy Gilmore. He's. Def- I think he's almost certain. Him and Kepa are almost certainly going to start, according to the presser today. But I'm with. I'm with. Uh, I'm with Mark. I think uh, Emerson. Uh, Rudiger, Christensen, Aspie. Midfield's going to be a bit of a toss-up. Well, Billy Gilmore, obviously. Um, Kovacic, we see because if Kovacic and, and J five, that's that's complicated things with their booking. But uh, you know, is he, would he take the risk? And and I think the the complicate. I mean, Pulisic will play. I think, pretty much certain he'll play. But no Ziyech or Hudson Odoi and Tammy up front. J.K. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it to me. Um... Uh, you wonder whether he will have on the bench as well, whether he cares, whether he'll have, have youth on the bench. Maybe. I mean, who, can, who can play according to the, uh, the the people on the list for Champions League? I can't I remember who's in the squad, to be honest, mate. Is, is there anybody else, chaps? Do you know anybody else um, from uh, kids-wise on the bench that, that can actually come in and play? I think they're in a different bubble, JK. Yeah. That's, That's right, they are, aren't they? Yeah. 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 I mean, he could he could do something really clever and actually play 3-5-2, which means he doesn't have to worry too much about the wingers. He could play Emerson uh, and uh, and Alonso, for example, and he could play Aspie and James, you know, and maybe just that, that you know, and play Pulisic and Tammy up front. You know, still doesn't sort out the midfield. I mean, bottom line is it's going to be intriguing, isn't it? Because it's, it's play Rudiger and Christensen, won't you? Definitely. You know, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Not if he plays a three. There's a rumour that both Rudiger and Tamori are off. Did you read that on No, Twitter? I didn't. Yeah, whether that was a made up. Oh, probably. All right. Well, okay. Now the colours to the Mars people. Uh JK. Uh 
Um, I think we'll lose 2-0. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, Marco. <laughs> I'm going for 3-2. Okay, Mark? 3-0. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to backtrack a bit because I think that... Uh, Given given the issues that we've just raised, the winger injuries and the midfield yellow cards, I think we might find that he won't arse about with the squad as much as we're all thinking he will, a bit like he did against Sevilla. So on that basis, I think the team might be stronger than we think. And the B team did pretty well last week. So, and, you know, Krasnodar, I think, uh, I think they've made it into Europa League positions, haven't they? So I think I think they've got nothing to play for. So I'm going to go 3-1. Okay, so we shall see. Can't wait. Another match tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Right, now, uh, it's all we're on the home straight. Only a few things to do. Uh, now, a um, couple of things from me. One from Mark in a minute. But uh, as you probably know from uh, me wittering on about it last uh, Friday, we've got a, a little competition going with the lovely Art of Football people who make some fantastic T-shirts and prints. I, I'm lucky to have at least three or four of their T-shirts, one of which is of Didier scoring that goal, that penalty in Munich, uh, plus a very fetching one of beer cans of various uh, locations we went to when we uh, when we won the uh, Europa League, um, and a beautiful one of JT and Frank Lampard in an embrace. So they make great T-shirts, and uh, they're doing a competition um, on Twitter. So it's called the Christmas Giveaway. Uh, we've teamed up with at art underscore of underscore football to give you a chance to win your choice of one of their Chelsea prints or T-shirts. Uh, hashtag share the moment. Now to enter, you need to follow our football and Chelsea fan cast. You need to retweet this tweet, which is, by the way, pinned to our Chelsea fan cast uh, Twitter feed. And the winner will be announced uh, on Thursday. Well, actually, well, the competition closes on Thursday or winners announced on Thursday. And I'll let you all know on Friday as well. Uh, and the other thing is, given the traction that we've been getting for uh, sticking it at, back up to the club because of the fleecing of the you know the 75 quid ticket prices and all of that, uh, now is a good time to join the Chelsea Supporters Trust because the more of us there are, the more together we are, the more choice we, the more chance we've got of getting our voice heard. So we need to we need more of you. Uh, so to be a voting member, it's five quid a year, uh, which means you can vote obviously and you can attend any meetings that we have. We will be having a few SGMs via Zoom because they work quite well. Uh, it's free for non-voting members, and all you need to do is to go to chelseasupporterstrust.com and you can follow us on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Mark, you're sleeping out, mate. Uh, well, hopefully there'll be more than me just sleeping out, Chidge. Mm. Uh, the plan will be the Big Stamford Bridge sleep out, virtual sleep out this year, will take place on Saturday the 23rd of March. Uh, we hope the event will raise vital funds for our next-door neighbours at Stamford Bridge, the Os- Oswald Stoll Foundation who do a wonderful sort of service, providing home support to 500 vulnerable people each year. Uh, it's different this year because of government restrictions. So the plan will be uh, a virtual sleep out anywhere in the world. So whether you're in Anchorage, you know, you know Alaska, you know, America, Africa, uh, you can take part, you can sleep on your floor, you can sleep on your garage, you can sleep in the garden, you can sleep in the shed. Not that one. Uh, that's all there is to it. We're going to publicise some more information so keep an eye out on the Chelsea Supporters Trust website. It's a bit different last year as well as being virtual because there was sort of age restrictions last year. But anyone between six and 60 can do it this year. And it's all raising money for a really good cause, which is Oswald Stoll. We raised 27000 last year. Uh, hope to go better this year. 
And clearly, yeah, we've already got one former ex-player who's already confirmed that he'll be sleeping out with us. And we hope to get a few more and get a few people giving us some good good luck messages on the night. Uh, the other thing just been asked to sort of mention this evening, as well as sort of like the opportunity to buy some of those books that Marco has mentioned, our good friends at Chelsea Pitch Owners have actually said that obviously with delays due to COVID, they're now starting up again doing sort of Chelsea Pitch Owners shares. And I think they've got a, a Christmas present offer that you can actually have um, your CPO share signed by selected players in the current squad. So again, I think, you know, from Reese James through Tammy, Christian Pulisic, even Frank Lampard has signed them. Uh, and again, if you go onto the Chelsea website, find the, the Chelsea pitch owners page. If you want a signed CPO certificate, so clearly at the moment you can't have it done on the pitch with the player, but I think they cost £82 plus postage. And they're doing a special Christmas special of 50 limited edition shares that are signed by sort of four players. Again, full details on there. If you go on the website, there is a picture of Kristen Pulisic for our, our friends in America, but they cannot guarantee that Kristen Pulisic will be one of the four people that signed that share. So there might be a bit of lottery to it, but absolutely fantastic course CPO. You know, so buy a share if you possibly can, if you haven't already done so, which I hope most people already have. Mm, my, my share is signed by Sir Frank of Lampard. So there you go. My share is uh, signed by uh, Ken Bates. Yep. He's a great player for us, to be fair, though. He was. He was good up front. Took no shit. Took no prisoners. It's a letter from his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. On that wonderful mic drop moment by Mr. Me, and it's time to say, uh, time for Andy and Teddy to wave bye-bye. For, for those of you of a certain I'd like to vintage. I'd part in, the, uh, in, the, in the, the virtual sleep out, because I can't do the real thing, because I'd get ill. But um, Jonathan will be doing it from his four post to bed surrounded by manservants. <laughs> what do you mean, manservants? Just one man. Okay, all right, whatever. Right, that is all we've got time for this week. JK, myself, and Dean Mears will be back this Friday at 8, 8 p.m., not 7, 8 p.m. Thank you, to look ahead to the Everton game in our preview show. Uh, and then next Monday, we'll be back for the usual Monday Night Fancast with JK, me, Tony Glover and Dane Whittle to look back at the Everton match and ahead to the Wolves match because we've got Wolves in the league next Tuesday. Uh, now look out for Went to Mo Kingsmeadow with our very own Dean Mears and Jane Chappell as they discuss the Chelsea women's team in the podcast distributed on the Chelsea Fancast out tomorrow night. And of course, the Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify as well as other podcast distributors. Uh, and talking of which, you can also find the Chelsea Fancast and other Chelsea podcasts on the Chelsea uh, on the CFC Blues app, as they say so eloquently here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts, download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Now, you heard me mention Patreon a minute ago and uh, Charlie and uh, Ryan, who have signed up. Many others have signed up too, actually. I'm really touched. There's been a whole spate of you signing up to join our Patreon page, which I'm just overwhelmed by. It's really sweet of you. Um, and it really does help, actually, because there's quite a lot. You'd be surprised about the outgoings on this. Plus, uh, you know, I have to employ somebody to provide smarties for jk with all the blue ones taken all the orange ones as the brown ones taken out i can't remember i can't remember what his rider says now but anyway there are costs and it helps to cover them and i really greatly appreciate it so um you know and if you like what we do it's a nice way to say thank you i suppose so there we go so you can uh donate a couple of quid a month don't have to donate much a little little or as much as you want really patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and uh 
When you join, I will send you a Kerry Dixon mini banner, a replica of the ones you see hanging in the Matthew Harding end on a match day. And, of course, you can join our Discord group and uh, talk all sorts of nonsense to me and a few others that are in there on a match day or any time, really. So there you go. And, of course, lovely... Thank you for your emails. Always appreciate the emails. Remember to get them in, preferably on a Sunday if you can, because I tend to write the script on a Sunday. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. And you can follow the show at Chelsea Fancast on Twitter. Me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17 Marco, Mark Meehan at Eddie Mac BAWA. And of course, we're on Instagram and Facebook too. You know all this. Why am I telling you? You should know this all by now. Um, I, t- I said it would be fun tonight. I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, not least because I've been able to see your lovely, beautiful face, Mark. Marco, sorry. I did the whole show getting it right, right at the end, I get it wrong. Marco, it really has been lovely to see you, mate. Looking so well as well. Uh, great. Great to see you guys. Good to see you, Marco. Yeah, you take care, fellow. And we'll see you very soon, I hope. Mr. Meehan, always a joy and a pleasure to see you. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Good to see you. Good to see JK as well. Yeah, we'll see you again soon, my friend. And as for you, Mr. J.K., the legend, uh, the man, the the myth, absolute myth, joy, mate. Myth, J.K., myth. Myth, myth, myth J.K., yes. Um, can I say how excellent it is to be with on with Marco and Mark, yeah. who are, are great, knowledgeable people mm. and very succinct mm. and uh, are less verbose than me, and I go off on one, and then and then they come in and they're just absolutely on it, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I should have said Toit, toit. Toit as a tiger. Yeah, they are. Tight as a drum. Tight as a drum. I just wanted to ask them both, actually. Is this the first time you two have been on the show together? I think it might be. Yeah, it is. Yeah. How remiss of me. <laughs> anyway, we must do it again sometime. We must do it again sometime. Brilliant. It's been lovely to see you all. Really enjoyed it tonight. Uh, Mixler people, you have been, as ever, fantastic. Lovely to see so many of you in there. Uh, everybody out there and everybody listening to the podcast, thank you. Stay safe and well. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up yeah, the chills! Acast empfiehlt Podcasts, die wir lieben. Es ist nicht alles gay, was glänzt. Oder doch? Das klären wir jetzt in Busenfreundin, der Podcast. Hey Leute, mein Name ist Ricarda. Ich bin Comedy-Autorin und die Stimme des LGBTIQ-Podcasts Busenfreundin. Und ich treffe jede Woche spannende Menschen und spreche mit ihnen über alles, was die queere Szene bewegt. Bei Busenfreundin gibt es Unterhaltung gepaart mit Haltung. Oft. Also nicht immer, denn manchmal schweife ich auch ab, zum Beispiel mit Leuten wie Riccardo Simonetti, Sarah Kuttner und vielen, vielen mehr. Also schaltet jetzt ein zu Busenfreundin, eurem Lieblings-LGBTIQ-Infotainment-Podcast. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst. 